0: hello everyone my name is taylor and i'm kelly and we are the co-hosts of jumping bomb audio the podcast all about joshi pro wrestling here on the voices of wrestling podcast network every other monday we are with you talking about the biggest news in joshi along with show reviews previews and much much more so, if you're new to Joshi or you've been a long time fan, this is the show for you. We've got something for everyone here. So, check us out, Jumping Bomb Audio. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go!
1: You're listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling
2: Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to the Emerald Flow Show. We are a podcast on the Voice of Wrestling Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Paul Felch, and as you might have figured out already, normally it would be the Delta Tones of one Gerard de Troleo greeting you here at the beginning of the show. Unfortunately, uh, Gerard is a bit busy at the moment, uh, so he wasn't able to make it to the recording. So instead I thought, you know what, Uh, we've already had some experience with some excellent guest hosts. So I immediately reached out to uh, one of our recent guests, actually, to invite him back onto the show after rave reviews for his first appearance on the show. So I would like to welcome back to the show one Andrew Sinclair.
0: Hello, thank you for having me. It's so excited to to be back and talk all things uh, Noah and all Japan. Although uh, I'll let you do the the Gleat stuff on your own, Paul, <laughs> because I feel like that's a it's a cathartic thing that you need to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe uh, we'll see. We'll see about that. But yes, there is an absolute boatload of stuff we have to cover. There's so many different topics, as Andrew's already touched upon. We will even talk about a bit of Gleet, Uh Not as positive as I would have wanted to be, but uh, it's going to be something. I think there's actually going to be a lot of ranting going on uh, on the show, Um, because I think let's just go straight into the first topic, which I think will also be the cause for some rants. And that is what happened to one Kaito Kiyomiya in the G1 Climax of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, if for some reason you're not aware, Kaito Kiyomiya is participating in this year's G1 Climax in New Japan, which is why he's not in the N1, because he specifically said that he wanted to focus on the G1. And also recently, just a few days ago, New Japan wrapped up the block uh, part of the tournament, where Kaito Kiyomiya was still in play uh, in on the final block night. There were many different scenarios being brought up, such as, for example, him going to a decision match with Shota Umino if they both win on the final block night, which would have caused them to create an unbreakable tie and would have most likely caused a decision match. Now, unfortunately, that is not what happened. So, basically, the scenario in the final block night was that Hikuleo was winning in, and Hikuleo indeed won on the final block night, but that didn't even matter because. Kaito Kiyomiya lost on the final block night to Renarita, which meant that he was eliminated from the G1 climax, making him yet again even more of a geek than we really possibly thought he really could have been. He goes to the G1 with all of this big hype, with all of this big thing about like, yeah, I'm going there, I'm going to represent, no, I'm going to represent the arc, going to get revenge on Kazuchika Okada. And that's also, I would like to say, what New Japan specifically also built all of like Kaito's material around in the lead-up to the show as well, uh, in the lead-up to the tournament as well. Because I've seen it kind of thrown around that, like, yes, obviously, it's not New Japan's business to properly protect Kaito Kiyomiya. Like he's not that guy. He's not signed to them. Like he can basically, like, if they want to bury him and kind of damage their relationship with Noah potentially, like that's their prerogative. It's, it's their show, so they can they can book it really however they like. And it really would have been up to Pro Wrestling Noah to really like properly push against Kaito being geeked out in the tournament. And I mean, as we can kind of see, they don't, probably don't really care that much about Kaito, and that's why they didn't really protect him here. Now. Where we'll push back against that a little bit is that normally if an outsider comes into a tournament like this, they don't really have an s- established story in the promotion. Well, Kaito entered the store entered the tournament with an established story, and that is the fact that he wanted to get revenge on Okada. And again, that's how New Japan sold his involvement in the tournament as well. Like that's what all of his material was about. So. New Japan using that to build him up for the tournament, and then ultimately refusing to even get him remotely close to fulfilling that story is on them. It's not on them to protect him in the booking. What is on them is telling a bad story, and I think New Japan told a bad story here. So really, this is kind of a scenario where everyone lost. I think New Japan lost on a potentially money-drawing match on them against Okada in Kaito versus Okada. Uh, Kaito obviously lost because he looks like even more of a geek now. Noah lost because well, they just had one of the like young and up and coming guys, like a former champ former two time champion, former two time tournament winner, not even advance out of the block in New Japan. And the has lost out as well because we lost a potentially really great match of the year contender in said Kaito vs Okada and instead we got like the Nepo Baby and Hikoleo advancing out of the block, which really is Just about the worst-case scenario there. So, yeah, I don't know. Just for me, just a complete failure all around. I don't know. What are your thoughts on it, Andrew?
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I think I had assumed that he was going through the block at the start because my assumption was he's only going to be in the tournament if it's to set up the Okada match. Um. Because then they can run a second singles match, probably in the semi-finals. Kaito can win that. And then you've got the opportunity to do a third match at the dome, which I think would be really cool. Or Kaito can go off that, probably losing in the final of the, the G1. And he goes back to Noah feeling invigorated and all that stuff. And certainly feeling more of a serious guy and less of the, the geek that he has come across as in Noah for quite a while. And... In the end, it's just not worked out. It, you know, it started out really well, you know, two wins and then the time limit draw with Shota Umino in his third match. And you're like, right, OK, five points, second in the block behind Sonada, who obviously eventually went 7-0. and oh. And you thought, OK, you know, Kaito is being well looked after here. He beat Suji on the first night. Like, he looks like he's, uh, you know, going to be respected as a top guy in the block. And then he never won again. You know, lost to Hikuleo, uh, lost to Sonada, which, you know, I thought the Sonada match was really, really good. Um, went to the time limit draw with Gabe Kidd. Well, not time limit draw, sorry, the, the double count out with Gabe Kidd. And then, yeah, lost on the, the final night to Ren Narita. Um, the work was good, you know. Like, okay. he, I think, pound for pound, was one of the best workers in the tournament. Uh, it's no surprise, really, because he's, you know, one of the most talented guys in the world. Um, But yeah, they made him look like an absolute dork. He lost all of his tiebreakers. There's no big match coming out of it. And to me, the way it worked out, I think you can lay that at the foot uh, of Noah, lay that at their door, because that's your guy. That's your ace, your future. And you've basically sent him off to be jobbed out. And it's like why has that happened? Is that because they don't care, which is feasibly true because of the way he's been treated for years, or is it because he's going and they didn't care? So they were like, you know, New Japan can have him. It creates some intrigue around their tournament, but he's leaving anyway. So, you know, we might as well, you know, let him stink up the joint in their tournament or whatever, and they get the blame rather than him being in the N1 and maybe doing a bunch of jobs. So I don't know, but that's the thing I suppose that will make it even worse is if he's not leaving Noah to go to WWE, which seems like the the thing that's in play. And he just goes back to Noah after having a a dreadful G1 and being made to look like an absolute dork. He's actually in a worse position in terms of, you know, from a kayfabe point of view than he was before. Um, so yeah, I just think it's it looks bad on New Japan, it looks bad on Noah, it looks bad on him, and I guess that means he's going into an early retirement because he's probably going to the WWE. So
1: Yeah, no, I mean I agree as well. Like, I mean you kinda of brought it up already, like like if he's leaving. So but if he's leaving and I'm Noah, then I actually would want him even more to be in the N1 this year. Because I, I would just drop him out like maybe I wouldn't drop him out to like everyone I wouldn't have him go like get zero points but I would like like I don't know like I would look at like let's say like a block I I'd, I'd take out like like I don't know like an Adam Brooks maybe or like like as much as I like him but like a Thatcher maybe isn't necessarily essential in there even if he's a champion uh, like I would take someone basically and I would then like drop him out to like Inamora. I would drop him out to Morris I would have him lose again to Jake and hope that maybe, like, it helps Jake at least a little bit more or whatever. Or you put him in B-block. Like, whatever. Like, there's so many things you can do, but basically I would just use him to, like, put over a bunch of guys on the way out. Because really, if he's leaving, then, like, Noah isn't helped by him being, like, losing in the G1. Like, if anything, that just hurts the perception of Noah. You know? Mm -hmm. Because it's just, like, you just sent a guy over and he was just, like kaina there
0: yeah they essentially made him new japan's problem and not theirs but yeah i mean in many ways it's not on new japan to to book him strongly you know they got him in it ups the quality of their field and to be honest they probably needed it given some of the incredibly poor workers that have been in the tournament tangalawa (laughs) um but really they just used him to elevate the guys that they see as their kind of future future pieces of the puzzle in, you know, the Three Musketeers and Hikuleo. So, in many ways, New Japan have, have got a great return out of it without having to basically job out a bunch of their guys to someone from a rival promotion. And I don't know if you, you saw the Block B final, but Kevin Kelly on commentary absolutely buried Kaito and buried Noah in uh, one of the prelim tags when it was Kaito teaming with Oiwa, mm-hmm. I think it was, against Duki and Sanada, he just absolutely buried them and basically was just like, you know, it was the whole calling wrestling as a sport thing it was basically he was their top guy, he was their top star. He's come here and he couldn't compete and he wasn't even that hard a block. So, yeah, it was so strange. So strange that it ended the way we did. I think, especially as everybody had sort of worked themselves into a shoot that it was going to be the Kiyomiya-Umino decision match. Um, the fact it didn't happen obviously provoked a large reaction. But yeah. Because Kelly's that would have been a very situ-
1: entertaining thing, right? Like, like the reason people work themselves into a shoot, because it's like something that New Japan doesn't really ever do. So it would have been like something interesting and new which is something that new japan very much did throughout this tournament so with them just going with like bad luck farley 2.0 is disappointing
0: yeah and also you know it would have elevated umino because i think his work has improved tremendously over the last six Mm -hmm. months and you know he would have already had the time limit draw so you know if he'd then gone on to lose in in a longer form decision match it wouldn't have hurt him because his credibility had already risen. Um, so, yeah, very strange. Yeah. Very, very strange. And I I don't know, the Kevin Kelly thing, obviously, you know, the commentary, there's obviously a directive to say certain things. And he obviously has knows what's going on and all that kind of thing. And I don't know, it seemed a bit too on the nose for me. Like, I know Chris Charlton tried to rein him in a bit, but it seemed a bit too pointed um but yeah i'm just trying to imagine a scenario where noah were like oh you can have him and then there was no directive about the booking
1: i mean that might legitimately be the case that's the thing
0: yeah that seems to be the thing but they like
1: legitimately were just like yeah yeah sure here yes whatever
0: because that's what i mean that's the worst case scenario because if he's not leaving and you just let him to go to new japan to kind of strengthen business ties between the two of you Mm -hmm. and we're like oh you don't have to put him through the block like surely as a if you want, you know, in theory, a promotional partner, however you want to term it, you would want him to go out of the block. Yeah. You know, I know the AEW-New Japan relationship is different. Eddie Kingston might not go out of his block, but he's got the strong title. So there's obviously continuity of the booking there. Whereas with Kaito, it was just like, oh, seemingly just a shrug. Like, as long as he's not bottom, it doesn't matter.
1: And Kingston also so, yeah. didn't have, like... An established story there that no, would exa- have made exactly. sense as well. Like for example, like there wasn't like something like okay, like I they were never going to do like him versus Kenton like a semifinal. Like that's not happening.
0: No, exactly. Um, and it just basically makes Kima look like a loser, which I didn't think it was possible for him <laughs> to look any less cool than he did before.
1: Well, <laughs> well, in that case, Andrew, I don't know if you've seen. Pro Pro Wrestling Noah has kind of changed their YouTube thumbnails recently to be a lot more clickbaity, I think, is really like the easiest way of saying this. And on the same day Kaito Kiyomiya was eliminated from the G1, Noah uploaded to the uh, English language YouTube channel a video about Yuma Anzai, who is in the N1, entitled The Hope of Japan Yuma Anzai, which... I have to say, like, Noah just, in a way, just immediately buried Kaito even more than I think New Japan even did by just having him go out in the dream one in this way. Because you have this young guy under contract, right? Like, he's been a two-time champion. He's still, like, 27 or whatever years now. And here's this guy from a rival promotion that, yes, you have a close version relationship with. That is it. But that just happens to be in your tournament. But you just label him as the hope of Japan, just... I don't know, just immediately just like making Kaito look like such old news, basically.
0: Yeah. And the fact Anzai is still literally a rookie. Yes. He's literally been doing this professionally for 11 months. And you're like, here's the new shiny toy. He still wears black trunks. The other (laughs) guy who looks like Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, he can get in the bin. Um, Yeah. Bizarre. I saw the woman who um, she's on the Japanese commentary for Noah. Is it Rina? Yep. Yeah. Um, she said that Yumaranzai was her favorite as well. And I was like, yep, yeah, there he is, the heart throb. There he is, front and center, Kaito in the bin. Goodbye. <laughs> I hope you enjoy your retirement at the performance center. Yeah. Because oh, that's, that's got to be where this is going. I mean, right, the that's whole...
1: like the best case scenario at this point.
0: Yeah, he's carrying Muto's bags. Doesn't go because he's concussed, but like that's definitely what that was for. Yeah was you know old Kaiji doing him one last favor you know he'd already you know beat him several times to put him over and then he gave him the shining wizard and made him look like an absolute noob and now he gets to follow in the, the lineage of all the other Japanese wrestlers who've had tremendous success in the mm-hmm. WWE because they are totally respected and not treated as caricatures and a joke yeah. but never mind that's a rant for another day
1: and I mean also especially ones that I mean let's face it like a lot of the stuff on like, Kaito getting pushed, like, on like, the promotions, but, like, it's on him as well, right? Like, because he just doesn't seem to have that personality that just pushes back against this kind of stuff, which means that he's, like, 110% the wrong person to go to WWE. Mm-hmm. If they know that they can push you around, they will, and they will do it even worse than Noah ever did. Yep.
0: Exactly, because you're not going to get pushed harder than... You know, you look at what they're bringing through in NXT. I don't like it. I think the product's terrible. But, like, you're not going to be pushed harder or to the same level as a bronze breaker or, you know, the guys that are coming through that NXT system because, like, they've never demonstrated any inclination to do that. You'll end up, at best, you'll end up like Nakamura, but he's not at the level of Nakamura, nope. so he's going to be further down the totem pole. And then it's like, okay, well, you're just another guy. Whereas if you were at home and you had more of a backbone, you could have been something. Um, but, yeah, just it's just not a great look all round. And I think if he goes back to Noah now, I think it undermines him if you immediately try and push him as a top guy because it's like, well, clearly not
1: so like that's actually okay let's just go on that real quick as well because i kind of wanted to touch on that after we talked about the show but i think let's talk about that now because you want to know my absolute worst case scenario for the like outcome of the n1 so okay my absolute worst outcome out of the n1 is jake lee wins and then Kaito reappears and challenges for the title and wins. Like, that just yeah. makes lower look like such a, like, bottom, like, like, third-rate promotion. Because here's this guy who just lost all of his, like, tiebreakers, too. Like, he literally finished, like, he's the last guy out of the ones with six points. Like, he finished just ahead of, like, Chase Owens. Yeah. And that guy now comes into your promotion, challenges the guy who just beat everyone in your big tournament, and then he beats that guy. That just makes your entire roster look like shit.
0: Yeah, and it also means that basically the last, by the time you would actually challenged, the last seven months have basically been a complete waste of time for everybody involved because yeah. Jake's had a bunch of matches with the old guard that haven't drawn, and kaito's dicked about not doing a lot went to the g1 got treated like a twat and then he comes back and then we're well, back to where we were when he beat jack morris in february and it's like great all the good work that nakajima go keno my boy dr wagner it's just like oh good here comes joseph in the technicolor dream again <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that is the worst case scenario. And in many ways, I think that's the worst case scenario for all involved. Because yeah. if he is going back to Noah full time, it's like, right, well, now you are genuinely in a worse position than you were before. Whereas yeah. at least if he's leaving, it's like, OK, well, fine. You're winding him down. But, yeah, not good. Not good. Especially when Noah Noah needs all the help they can get based on the uh, attendance of this first N1 show. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: No, like, just for quick, and then I think we'll need to move on. Uh, I think the one thing you can do if you if he does return, if, it, if he isn't leaving, is you kind of have to turn and heal. Like, mm-hmm. you have to do something, right? Because clearly what you're doing right now isn't working. So you have to do something, and I feel like... I don't know if he could be a good heal. I don't think so. Like, there's nothing really show me that he could be. But you know what? He would be the first guy away, like you thought. I don't think this guy could ever be a great Like for example, like right like Park. Everyone always thought like, oh yeah, this guy's just a baby face. There's no way he could be a good heel. And then he turned heel once and he never turned face again because he's so good at it. So yeah. who knows? Maybe he has it somewhere hidden in him. M- maybe try that, but that's about the only thing he can do if he's not leaving.
0: Yeah, like a Noah House of Torture with uh, Kaito as... A heel at the top and a new faction because I know you and Gerard last time were talking about kind of the absence of factions mm-hmm. in Noah, so maybe that's what we need is like a, a greasy, shitbag heel yeah. faction led by babyface Kaito as the bad guy, heavyweight stinger.
1: He already teamed with some notes, like so. Actually, it doesn't Maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. that's it.
0: There you go. We solved it. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, we'll see see about
1: that. Okay, but let's real quick touch on the... uh, Before we get to the N1 show, uh, Noah Noah, uh, announced a uh, junior tag title uh, contender tournament where uh, actually on the show on the uh, 9th and on the show of the 10th, uh, we're going to have the first round matches, which are Yohei and Tarasuke, Versus Shuji Kondo and Seiki Yoshioka, and then on the 10th we have uh, Kotoge and uh, Hi69 versus Amaksa and Junta Miyawaki. Then the winner of those matches will face off on the 11th, and then the winner of that match will challenge Ridge Ray and Daga on the N1 Final Show. So I I actually like the teams that they've put in here. I think all of those matches I think have potential to be actually be pretty fun but i also don't really have a good feeling for like who is actually going to emerge out of this tournament as challengers
0: no so all four were involved in the basically the non-tournament matches on the opening night of the n1 yeah so i don't know whether conventional booking wisdom is that the way it went on the opening night is the opposite way to the way it's going to go in the tournament. So. In essence, Yohei and Tadasuke lost on the sixth, so they probably win on the ninth, and they face Amakusa and Junta Miyawaki. Um But I did notice that in the post-match comments after the opening night, Amakusa basically called Junta Miyawaki a loser. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. And he basically was like, you don't show... I'm, I'm very, very paraphrasing here, but it was basically like you don't show the right levels of fighting spirit and enthusiasm and all that stuff. And although you've looked better recently, I still don't really like teaming with you. So maybe in the future, you know, the next time we face each other, it should be in a singles match. So you, you would assume that means they're probably going to lose. Maybe, but I don't know what I don't know whether they're going to do like a can they coexist type thing. Um, but yeah. I don't know. In many ways, it would be really annoying if Johan and Tadaske win, and it's literally like they <laughs> lost the titles. You've run this tournament, and then you go back to the same yeah. match again. Um, I don't know. My, I guess my pick is that they, they go with um, High 69 and Kotoge because obviously High 69 left Congo, and he mm-hmm. kind of went on that trial series against everyone. So it kind of seemed like they were trying to do something different with him. And obviously, Kotoga is a, what, 12 time GHC junior heavyweight tag champion. So um, I guess they're the ones I would go for because I think they feel the most different and the most interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Amakusa Miyawaki things are red herring and it's like Miyawaki pulls his finger out and stops being punished for <clears throat> misdemeanors overseas. <laughs> yeah, we,
1: we shall see. But, okay, so let's get into the uh, first night of the N1 victory 2023 from uh, on the 6th of August uh, from the Yokohama Budokan in front of 804 fans. That number is bad, like really bad. This is less than what Noah drew there with 50% COVID capacity restrictions. Yeah. It's 500 people less than what they drew in March for Jake Lee versus Kaito Kiyomiya. Like just an absolutely abysmal number.
0: Yeah. And it's, so there've been eight shows this year in the Yokohama Budokan. And this is seventh of eight for attendance. And I think eight out of eight was like a random stardom show, like night six of a tour. Um, but it's over a 1,000 less than Big Japan drew <laughs> for the um, Yuya Aoki title win against Okubayashi, mm-hmm. which admittedly is still my match of the year. But it's also Big Japan, yeah, who will put in 400 people in Korokan. So this is a really, really bad number. And as you say, it's about 150 less than last year's opening night of the N1 when you had COVID restrictions and it was Go Shiozaki against Kaz Fujita in the main event. And it's like, I struggle to believe that there was that much more quality in last year's field, you know, with Masakatsu Funaki and Anthony Green than there is in this year's that, you know, 150 less people are like, oh, I'm not really that interested in going. Um, Yeah. It's a really, really bad number. And I mean, Jake Lee's not a draw. No, <laughs> There's no more no more evidence of that, you know. Well, we don't need any more evidence of that, should I say? But yeah, not a good number. And is it the nights two, three, and four that are in Corocan? which know. they sold out the head, a few weeks yeah. ago for Nakajima Miyahara, but I suspect that they won't be doing that anytime soon.
1: Yeah, so, no, I, I also don't have a feeling that 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 they're going to be able to like repeat that. Uh, yeah. So the next night, uh, the next two nights on actually the next three nights are on Corrigan. So the ninth, the 10th and the 11th, So they're doing a triple shot on Corrigan.
0: Yeah. And these are all, they're all slightly smaller nights, aren't they? Because you've got that tag on that we just spoke about because you've got the semi night one, semi night two, and then the final is on the third night, which is the, you know, the one with one of my pencil matches of the tournament shiyazaki against Hijo hotel dr wagner jr mm. <laughs> um yeah so I, I it's just dreadful and the thing was i was watching the show and uh so i watched nakajima Sawyer on my phone on the wrestle universe app mm. on my phone so i didn't really pay that much attention to the crowd or whatever but mm. then i watched the rest of it uh, cast it to the tv And my first observation was it's really, really dark. Yes. And I was like, is this the Noah thing where it's really, really dark because there's no one there? And then there were a couple of matches where there was, like, no crowd noise at all. Like, they reacted to nothing. And then they did, like, a wide shot on the entrances for one of the matches later on. And there was, like, there were they, they kind of focused on two people in a row. And then there was just, like, a sea of empty seats behind them. And I was like, oh, yeah, the lights are down because there's no one here. And then when I finished watching the show, uh, I looked on Cage Match to see what the attendance was. And I was like, oh, that's not a good number at all. <laughs> um, yeah, bad. And the lack of crowd noise... Um, I said this to you before we started recording. I think the lack of crowd noise kind of hurt this show for me because a lot of the matches were introducing you to people, establishing people, establishing moves or whatever, not necessarily going hammer and tongs to have great matches up and down the card, which is fine. You know, in a tournament, you, you obviously have to tell kind of different stories and give everyone credibility. But it just meant that everything kind of, felt like this one condensed mass of the same like it was very hard to distinguish between like yeah that was a 3 star match yeah that was a 3 and a quarter star match that was a 3 star it very made it very hard to really think okay that was nothing stood out and i think part of that is is because of that kind of lack of crowd reaction lack of crowd noise but also just the atmosphere because it was so dark and all you could see was the ring and then every match kind of had a very similar structure of initial exchange in the ring, go to the outside, someone gets hurled into the guardrail, outside exchanges, and then get back in the ring for kind of the, the middle portion and the closing stretch. It just sort of... It it felt, I guess, slogs a bit strong, but it, it all felt quite monotonous in many ways. Um, never peaked super high, but also never peaked really low either. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, obviously, story-wise, obviously, everything's going to develop as the tournament goes on. But that lack of atmosphere is going to be a real passion killer, I think. I mean, there was
1: one match that had good crowd, and I think there might be a reason why you might have missed that. But let's just quickly go over the results. So, like, uh, in the first match, Shuji Kondo, Seiki Yoshioka, and Stallion Rogers defeat Anthony Green, Yohei, and Tadasuke uh, after Kondo hit a King Kong Lariat on Tadasuke. Perfectly good opener, as you said, might have set up some stuff for the Junior Tag Title Tournament, but yeah, the one thing I was like thinking about while watching this was like, why isn't Anthony Green in the n one, because he was in it last year, he's arguably more over now, and he's still booked for the tour, so you're still paying him, so you still flew him in and all of that, but you're not having him in the tournament, it's just a weird decision.
0: Yeah, I don't know because obviously last year he came in as the mate good for for Tim Thatcher, and obviously he did them a solid. So it's kind of that kind of Kip Sabian, AEW Chase Owens New Japan where like you've got a job for life type thing because you did them a solid. So it, it does feel weird that he's got shafted, but I guess they wanted to try and bring in some different faces like a an Adam Brooks or a Lance Anawai, and Green's just kind of a, a bottom of the card guy um because obviously in theory him and Jack Morris are the two secondary heavyweights in good-looking guys but obviously Morris is like he's not far off that main event picture now yeah Uh, he feels like a real deal established guy and I think maybe put him and green in the tournament I don't know one drags down the other I'm not sure but um I guess my only thought on this match was that they seem to be Teasing like a singles match for later in the tour between Green and Stallion Rogers because, like, they stared each other down mm-hmm. after the match for like a, a long, an awkwardly long amount of time. So, my guess is that that's probably going to get chucked in at some point where they're going to fight each other, um, which will be a fun little undercard thing. I think my main kind of thought about this was it was nice because I think the G one shows so it was literally just eight singles matches you kind of needed something to break them up. Yeah. So like out of the gate, having like a six and a half minute, quick six man tag was really fun. And then obviously we had another one later in the show, which was a little bit longer and obviously it involved Kaz Fujita. So I wasn't mm-hmm. a big fan, but it still broke everything up because then by the time Daiki and Alba and El Hiho, Dr. Wagner Jr. came out, I was like, okay, I'm ready now for another four singles matches. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a nice thing. and Obviously, with the tag tournament and stuff, they're going to continue having that variety as the tour goes on. So uh, as a viewer, and I suppose as a critic, it made it easier from that perspective as a whole. But it's just, as I said, the action you did get kind of coalesced into one blob.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay, so... We're kicking off the tournament properly uh, with the Block B, where Manabu Soya defeats Katsuhiki Nakajima in 40 minutes and 47th with, uh, 40 seconds uh, with a jumping DDT. So I went uh, four and a quarter stars on this match. I thought this was amazing. Uh, this is, I mean, easily the best match of the night. Just great action throughout. Just really, like... like Soya was such a great underdog here, just like, which really you wouldn't think when you look at the size of these two men. But like, Nakajima is such such a great bully where, like, he just beat up Soya, and you just, like, Soya just had so much heart, he just, like, kept refusing to go down, and then eventually he actually overcomes Nakajima and gets his victory. And this is, this actually here was, the crowd was really good in this match, actually the crowd was so hot for Manabu Soya, Like, they were like just, like, he had them in the palm of his hand. Like, he just really peaked the match at just the right moment and that crowd just went absolutely ballistic when he got the victory. So, I, I agree with you, Andrew, that like, for the rest of the night the crowd was bad but they were great here. Like, they were really, really good here. So, to me, this was like a thing where like, if you give him something, if you give the crowd something, they're going to react to it. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, for me, just great match. And I thought we were in maybe for like a really, really good night. But unfortunately, this was already like the peak. But let's see. Like, I, I think Sawyer. I, I've been talking about Keno having being kind of underrated like this year a bit. I think Sawyer is even more underrated. Like, he. Like, I think this might be his best year. Like, I'm trying to think like of previous years where he was really good, or if he had, like, a year in Wrestle 1, where he, like, he had, like, performances here and there, like, every year, like, where he was really good, but I don't think I've ever seen him be consistently this good throughout the entire year.
0: No, I mean, I, I would go on record and actually put this in the, or a variation of this in the N1 previews that, you know, you and I split up for Voice of the Wrestling, that I've never been a huge Manabu Sawyer guy, but this year, he has been fantastic. Um, he obviously he was you know really decent in the Champion Carnival, but the tag work with Keno was fantastic. And the way I saw it was you know he was the one who was most upset by the end of you know Congo. So I kind of saw this tournament as being very story driven for him. Uh, he obviously then won the weird Royal Rumble thing they did the night before, uh, which kind of made me think eh, maybe I read it a little bit wrong, and they're gonna. Kind of push him in a different direction, but he was so good here. Both of them were like this. This match was brilliant. It starts with Sawyer basically trying to bull rush Nakajima out the gate. You know because he's mad that he left yeah. Congo, and, and you know maybe he blames him for ending. And he tries to rush him out the gate, and basically Nakajima gets to the outside, moves out the way, and Sawyer impales himself on the guardrail, and from then on nakajima it was like he was playing with his food like he beat the stuffing out of him he kicked you know vicious vicious kicks mm-hmm. but like, there was never any real urgency from nakajima it was like well he obviously offers me no threat so i'm just going to enjoy beating him up uh and he, he landed that really vicious like pk to the ribs on the ground and Sawyer's rolling around in the crowd as you say they were good for this one and they were really into Sawyer and yeah, he just pulls off this incredible, you know, white meat baby face comeback. Um, he, that Feynman's carry into the the knee lift that he did, uh, which I thought Mark Pickering did a really great job on on commentary, pointing out that, like, that was a move he'd never hit before. And that kind of was his opening in the end to, to put Nakajima away with a huge lariat and then the, the DDT. But, yeah, that match was rocking and rolling. It was fantastic and... Sawyer feels like a made guy now. Like he feels he can go on to do something. I don't know what that is, but it's certainly the most interesting he's felt to me in Noah. Um, maybe he's winning the whole thing because his gear is the exact same color scheme as all the N1 posters this year with the orange and the blue. So That's maybe true. Malabu had the, the memo ahead of everybody else. I really mean, um, maybe. But yeah, th- this was great. I went four stars flat on this, um, but I just thought it was fantastic. And, yeah, kind of kind of subverted what I thought because I thought Nakajima would kind of be the one who ran out to a really good start and then maybe got pulled back and then lost to Shiyazaki on the last night and you know, Go would have a slow start, but we'll get into they kind of went the other way with, with Nakajima being maybe too cocky and getting caught out by his cockiness against, you know, a plucky underdog and Shiyazaki actually been really cerebral and, and dominant in his first match. So maybe they're going to go a slightly different way with it, but yeah, this was a fantastic opener, and maybe set the bar a little bit too high for the rest of the <laughs> night, given the way that the rest of the matches were structured. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So uh, we go to then to the next uh, tournament match, which was in Block A. Jack Morris defeats Yoshiki Inamura in 30 minutes, 51 seconds, with a ground crowbar twist. Uh, yep, yeah. as you said, like. We kind of took a step back uh, with the rest of the matches. I thought this was still really good, though. Like I think I would still put this like in the upper half of the matches that we saw on this night. Uh, again, I mean these are two of the better workers as well, but it just really shows like how different Jack Morris feels just after one year. Uh, yeah. Because when he had his match with Kaito like last year, he was just obviously like the underdog right like he got like the big upset win over kaito Kiyomiya on the first uh, on the first night and everything and here he just like feels like a guy like he was in control like inamura got his spots here and there but i don't think it ever really felt like never really felt in doubt that morris was gonna, like eventually just gonna come back and win the match and mm. yeah, he very much is a guy, like I wrote that in the previous world. Well. Like to me in block Eight, there's three people that have a chance of advancing out of the block. And that's Keno, obviously, Jake Lee and Jack Morris. And yeah. I I would not be surprised if he advanced off the block, but even if he doesn't, like he will be a guy that like Noah will push. And he they are definitely positioning him for something big down the line.
0: Mm. I, I loved, I cannot stress enough how much I loved the finish to this match because it kind of goes back to what I was saying before that, you know, as an opening night, this was about familiarizing people with stories. It was about establishing people and it was about establishing kind of moves and key themes and the finish here established this Cobra twist for Jack Morris as like an instant kill submission because... He's trying to lock it in, and Inamura is fighting it like death. He's trying to block him locking the arms, like he's really, really struggling. And I thought the camera work was fantastic here because the cameras basically, they used the one that was basically outside the ring and from the level of like the apron. So you're looking up at Inamura and Jack Morris, and Inamura's like fighting, fighting, fighting to stop him locking the arms. And then when he does lock the arms, he's fighting, fighting, fighting to get to the ropes to break the hold. He just about gets there and then Morris snags him back into a pinfall attempt in kicks out, but in kicking out, he basically makes the Cobra twist tighter. So then he has to tap out. Um, just a phenomenal finish that established that Cobra twist as like, okay, this is a big deal. This is a submission to be avoided. This is a move to be avoided. And it kind of showed you that Morris is two steps ahead already. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. he knows that if someone tries to break it, he can take them back and trip them back for a pin and whatever. So, I thought it was super cool. Established the move in a great way. Morris looked great. And, yeah, as I say, I thought Inamura kind of got a chance to stretch his legs a little bit more, which was cool. Yeah, and I really Um, hope
1: that, like, obviously, like, it's just the first night. And, like, there's no shame in losing to Jack Morris, but... Like, I really hope that Inamura actually gets some wins to this tournament because again he has never pinned a non young boy or noah so like if he if he goes zero points again I think like it's it's over basically
0: <laughs> yeah he's got to beat someone
1: yeah
0: fingers crossed <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway uh, so on to the next one uh, block B uh, Lance Anoe defeats yuma anzai uh, in eight minutes and twenty-two seconds with a Samoan splash. Yeah, this 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 to me was like more when like things kind of like took a more notable downturn. Like I, I'm not a big fan of like I haven't really like what I've seen of Lance Anawi was just always like I don't know, kind of okay. That like was never really anything. Really led me to believe that he's like really great. Yuma and I I mean, he is really good. But he's, he's already putting a lot of stuff together. But he's also like, again, he's a rookie. He's literally still less than a year in. He's not someone that can make, like, create something very compelling with, like, a lesser opponent. And it wasn't a bad match, but it was also, like, mostly just kind of there and very forgettable.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have to say, you know, I, I I very much enjoyed Lance Anerwes' entrance music because... I kind of had some sort of weird like hacker war dance thing going on at the start of the music. And then it kind of just evolved into like West coast hip hop. <laughs> but the start, I was like, this is cool. Like he feels important. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, so that was cool. Um, I thought the match was fine. It kind of felt like a, a TV match, if that makes sense, where it was yeah. kind of stuff happened, but it wasn't really trying to do anything else. Um, I, th- I guess my, my main thing was I thought Lance was going to stink because, you know, I've seen a fair bit of his stuff and it's all very much tag team matches, short tag team matches. Doesn't work a lot of singles. And I was like, there is a chance he gets exposed in this tournament because everyone in the ring, is a, or everyone in his block is a mm. lot more experienced than he is. And certainly a lot more experienced in the style. So I thought he might get found, out, but I thought he looked fine. Uh, I thought the match was fine. I, I Again, I really like the finish as well because uh Yuma Anzai went for a float over in the corner and Anawai trapped him with like a, a, a Savak kick, a super kick. And then Anzai just sort of crumbled on the floor <laughs> and then he pinned him and then he hit the Simone Splash and pinned him, which I was like, that's quite a cool finish and a nice way of setting it up. So, uh, yeah, three for three on cool finishes. But yeah, this match was, it was fine. It
1: was fine. Yeah. I think I went two and three quarters. It was <laughs> fine. Okay, and then in block A, Yuki Yoshioka defeats Masaketamiya uh, with the Inferno. I was disappointed with this match. Uh, I This was actually one of the ones that I was looking forward to. I think Masaketamiya has been really good this year. And while I have my issues with Yuki Yoshioka, where I just... I don't know. like When he was... I wrote in the preview, when he was champion, I just fell out of dragon gate really hard because i just find him to be kind of bland but he is a good he he's a good in-ring worker so i was actually really interested what these two could do and was there wasn't really anything here like yeah as you said about the match before it felt like a tv match this also felt like a tv match where like they did stuff and probably also used it to like establish stuff a bit more for like the rest of the tournament but Yeah, I I also really was just kind of sitting there and being like, waiting for this to go to another gear and it just never went to another gear.
0: Yeah, I think this was the one where I was like, is there anybody actually in the building? Um, Because (laughs) there was no noise for this at all. Um, Yoshioka, I think, is a charisma vacuum. Um, Again, like... I think I've written my notes that this was, like, perfectly acceptable meat and potatoes wrestling. And I I felt absolutely nothing. Like, it was fine, and I knew it was fine. And I was just like, I just don't care. If that makes sense, it kind of Mm -hmm. was just like, this exists. It's a three, three and a quarter star match. Great. But it didn't make me super excited for the rest of Yoshioka's tournament. And... I mean Kitami is Kitamiya. Like you know what you're gonna get with him. I quite enjoy him, but it was like I there was nothing here that made me think, Oh, he's he's got something cool going on or he feels interesting or you know, and again with Yoshioka, I'm not a massive Dragon Gate guy, but I've never seen I've never been overly impressed when I've seen him before. And there was nothing here that, that kind of changed that perception. Um, and you would assume as, as Dragon Gate are a responsible promotion, he's going to be positioned fairly well yeah. even if he's not going to win so yeah I don't know I have, I have very very few thoughts on that <laughs> one Fair enough.
1: okay and then we break up tournament action with uh, a six man tag match, Naomichi Morofuji Atsushi Kotoge, in high 69 defeat Kazuyuki Fujita Amaksa and Juta Miyawaki in 12 minutes and 26 uh, uh, 12 minutes and 20 seconds uh, when uh, High 69 used a 69 bomb on Miyawaki, um, yeah, uh, good action to break up the tournament. Tournament, I mean, as you mentioned before, like I think it really like helped the flow of the show to kind of take a break from the tournament matches and just have like a six man tag. And I think Noah like that—that's just really something Noah is just really actually good at—is having good six man tag matches. I
0: mm. think
1: for all of their faults, that's always something they can they've been doing consistently well and I think this was another one that was just like a really well-worked match.
0: Yeah. No, exactly. It was fine. Uh, it broke up the flow. It was a little bit longer than the one earlier on and again, kind of served as a preview of the a tag tournament with kotoga and Hiroki on one side and Makasa and Miyawaki on the other. But look, at least Kaz Vegeta's is not in the tournament. That's all I'm happy about. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's still serving people his energy drink from scratch.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I personally wouldn't drink one of those. But, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, so then we go back to tournament. Uh, block B, and uh, here the Dr. Wagner Jr. defeats Daiki Inaba with the Wagner Driver. Uh, while I didn't think that this was, like, an amazing match, I think this picked up a bit from the previous matches. Uh, I think, yeah, Wagner has just been really great this year. Uh, and the showed here as well. Like, I think last year, like, his and one matches were mostly, like, pretty boring. And this one was a lot more exciting. Like, he also wore the white mask as well, which is, like, the traditional, mm-hmm. like, Wagner family, like, mask, like, in honor of the tournament and all of that. And I think that's really cool. So, yeah, it, the, the thing, though, that hurt it for me was, like, it very much also felt like a very foregone conclusion who was going to win here. And I don't think Inaba ever really got, like, a good chance to win the match, but I think it was still good for what it was.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree. I really liked Daiki Inaba, so it was nice to see him kind of get a chance to do something actually fairly meaningful for a change. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I absolutely adore Oh, he, I oh, do Dr. Wagner Jr. Although I will say the mask he was wearing didn't look particularly well fitted because nope. there were a few times when, like, particularly quick exchanges where, like, you could see him, like, clinging on for grim death or, like, having to readjust it afterwards. And it was like, ah, uh, maybe get one that does up next time, buddy, because that's going to come off. And then, obviously, because he's a luchador, he'd obviously get rolled up because he wouldn't want anybody to see his face. So... <laughs> Can't be dropping points like that in a tournament, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I thought this was fun. It kind of had similarities to uh, uh, Wagner's matches with Amakusa recently where it was almost like the only chance Inaba had to beat him was like snagging a roll-up or snagging something really quick uh, because he was never going to beat him in a straight out, you know, hitting a big lariat or whatever. That wasn't going to work. So it had to be... With a roll up or, or a pinning combination or something. So, from that point of view, it was fun and it had a lot of sort of energy to it. Um, but yeah, this kind of felt one of the more obvious locks of the night that, you know, the, the main man, hee ho, was going to take the win and he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I, I put in the thing that I thought he was one of the three in B block that has a chance to win behind the two Axis guys. So, he's obviously off to a good start. Mm-hmm.
1: And then we go back to A Block where, and this was a bit more of a surprising result. Adam Brooks uh, defeats Keno with the Aussie Buster. Um, Yeah, I mean, as I wrote in the preview, like Adam Brooks has always been like kind of a guy where I'm like, he's an okay in ring guy. He's never been like a guy that blew me away. And yeah, I think he did well. He, I mean, he was in there with a guy that is one of the best wrestlers in the world, so. He, l- I think he looked a little bit unsure of himself at points, but obviously, like, I, at least I have a feeling maybe that Noah sees something here, because they gave him the upset win over Kano, which is big, because is obviously one of the favorites, uh, but I don't know if this was really, like, his best showing to start off, to be honest, but, yeah, we shall see, but I think Kano was good, like, I think Kano, like, held up his end of the bargain, and... It, again, wasn't a bad match. Like, I don't think any of the tournament matches were bad, but also one I don't think that was, like, one of the better ones either.
0: Yeah, I thought this was fine. It sort of existed. Uh, I was surprised at the result, but, yeah, Brooks just kind of looked a bit clumsy and a bit ungainly at various points. Um, But, again, it kind of felt like just establishing him, kind of who he is, what he is, kind of what he brings to the table... Um, and I don't know, he was doing a lot of talking, I guess, because he kind of was cognizant that there was absolutely nothing from the crowd. So he was doing (laughs) a lot of, this is your guy. He sucks. And then there was nothing. He didn't even get booed. And I was like, oh, bet you wish you'd stayed in Sydney now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it was fine. And I enjoyed Keno at the end, like throwing a hissy fit that he'd lost. (laughs) So he was, like, banging his hands on the mat in the corner and then, like, going up to the referee and being like, are you sure that was three? <laughs> yeah. um, so I guess that obviously sows some seeds for later in the tournament, especially if, you know, he's to lose on night two or something. Because um, he, he's he got Inamura on night two. So, I mean, if he lost that uh, – no, sorry, that's night three. Night two – oh, he's not working on night two. So, yeah. yeah, his second match is against Inamura. So if he lost that, I think he'd have every right to be like, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Um, but, yeah, it was fine. It was fine. I, I th- you know, three stars, fine, but nothing special, really. But, I th- you know, I think both guys will have better matches, and I think now Brooks has had his first tournament match, I think he'll kind of get into the the saddle of things. And I guess there's pressure being in there with Kenno because of the year that he's had and because of who he is. There's a lot more pressure, whereas, you know, his, his next... Two match, well, his next matches is, is against Kitamiya, where I feel like there's less pressure because, you know, you're not in there with one of the favourites, one of the top guys, you know, a massive charisma guy. So um, I, th- I think you'll probably find his footing a bit more comfortably. But look, off to a winning start, I guess bodes well for him to have a, a decent tournament. Mm-hmm.
1: And just for quick, did you see Keno's comments about Kaito being eliminated from the uh, G1?
0: I, I did. I did. I was like, good for you. Go <laughs> after him and call him a punk.
1: Yeah, so basically, for those that haven't seen it, Keno uh, essentially said that uh, he wants to win the N1 because the N1 final is in the building that, Keno, uh, that Kaito got eliminated from the G1N. And then he's basically going to shed talk him constantly about it if he, will, if he manages to do that, which that's the reason why is Keno and why Kaito Kiyomiya is Kaito Kiyomiya.
0: Exactly.
1: Okay, and then we go to the next match. Block B. Go Shiozaki defeats Saxon Huxley in nine minutes fifty four with the Go and Lariat. i uh, yeah, I actually was I thought this was surprisingly good. Again, nothing to really like put on like your match of the year list or anything like that. But I thought Huxley actually looked solid here. Uh I think Go also kinda of sold us. As of as well, and I think it helped that they kept the match short. They kept it to under just under ten minutes, so I think that really helped. Like sucks helped Huxley not get uh, exposed, and yeah, no, I I definitely better than expected. I want to say, and it's probably the best Huxley has looked to Noah so far.
0: Uh, okay, so we're gonna differ. Oh, okay. Differ massively here because I thought they sucked. So. I felt like Huxley's kind of wild man thing, which I've kind of enjoyed for the most part. He felt quite tame here. And, you know, Go was doing the thing early on where he was was landing the chops to the leg and the knee, which obviously was quite cool and quite different. You don't see that very often. But then, like, there was no difference in Huxley. You know, there was no, like, selling or anything like that. And then, yeah, there was just a few lariats at the end and that was game over and it... It felt short, which obviously it was a fair bit shorter than some of the other stuff, but, yeah, this just felt kind of lifeless and, I don't know, boring, I guess. Um, not, like, bad, but just boring. So I I went two stars on this. I just thought it was okay, fine, but definitely the weakest match on the show for me. So, uh, obviously, I, in, I enjoyed the, uh, the Huxley man, the pride of Hartlepool. A bit less than you. <laughs> <Fair> um, <enough. laughs> but I don't know whether that's just because I assumed he was going to win. So, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I put in my preview yeah. that I thought he was going to win because obviously the thing with Go was that he's, like, kind of not been ready. So I thought it was going to be maybe lose the first match or the yeah. first couple of matches. And then because uh, he's got Anzai on night two. So I wondered if he was going to maybe lose twice and then obviously go on strong. Cause obviously I think he's going to win the whole thing. I think that's the, the right outcome. I think that's the most sensible outcome, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just didn't think he was going to win. So that threw me for a spin, but I also just didn't think the match was anything to write home about, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't. Well, well, I started by saying it sucked. So I guess I did think it was bad. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I'll stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 don't worry, don't worry,
1: don't worry. Uh, and I would also go back and argue it a bit more, but like it's Saxon Huxley, so that's not a hill I'm like dying <laughs> on. <laughs> so uh, we go to the next match, uh, which is Block A, uh, or rather the main event uh, of the night, which is Jake Lee defeats... defeats Timothy Thatcher in 20 minutes and 4 seconds with the FPS, which is his, like, front kick thingy. uh, Uh, So I thought this was pretty good. I don't think this was nearly as good as Sawyer versus versus Nakajima. I saw some people go 4 stars on this match. I don't think it was that good. Um, But, yeah, I, I think this definitely was hurt by kind of the crowd being really bad. And if you just have mm-hmm. a 20-minute main event and the crowd is quiet, that really doesn't help it. Like, I am someone that enjoys Fajr's work, but... Yeah, I I, I mean, and it sounded more, probably more negative than it actually was. Like, I thought this was still a good match. um, But I think it definitely is, like, the match that was hurt the most by the crowd just being terrible outside of Soya versus Nakajima.
0: Yeah. um, There's a lot of grappling, which... If you've not been a very quiet, if you've not been a very noisy crowd all night, these two kind of trade and holds and you know grappling a lot isn't going to get you going. No, um, unless you're a hard hit crowd in Shinkiba. But
1: obviously, well, yes. very different yes. uh, <laughs> uh, 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 field there or, or crowd size as well. Well, yeah. actually, not really. Like it's really only <laughs> a, a couple of
0: few hundred people. <laughs> Um I thought this was fine. Um you know, I think I went three stars. Um it felt very long. I think that was my point. I I think I I well, I enjoyed what I saw. Um I quite enjoyed Thatcher as well, and I thought it was a very different match from Jake Lee here because it's often felt in his title matches that he's been the underdog in many ways, and he's basically, you know, been beaten up for a lot of the time before kind of coming back into it, which Always jars, given how tall he is. Um, But here it was a lot more just kind of grappling and then eventually built to to kind of the finishing sequence and then, the yeah, the big boot in the corner. Um, Yeah, I thought it was fine. I've seen a a real wild variance in this one because, like you say, I've seen people go four stars, but I've also seen, I think I saw the first couple of ratings on Cage Match were four out of Mm ten. Which seemed kind of harsh, so I guess I'm I'm sort of somewhere in the middle where I thought it was fine, but it didn't, you know, enthrall me in the way that, you know, I know you enjoyed it and I know Strigger. Uh, I saw he tweeted as well that he'd really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, it was fine. It was fine, but I guess just the lack of noise, just meant was like, (laughs) oh, the show's over. It was also just like, the show's over, and it sort of... I felt bad for them because it felt like a bit of a wet fart to end on. But um, it was fine. But I mean, yeah, I guess looking ahead to the rest of the tournament, there was nothing on night one made me change my perspective on the tournament. You know, I still think realistically it's between Shiazaki, uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. And, and Nakajima in block B, and then Kenno and Jake Lee in block A. Like, I didn't see anything on night one that made me change that view, even though I know. Uh, Nakajima and Kano both lost Um, they all still just feel like the most compelling people and the most interesting people Um, and I guess that will play out but yeah I don't know tournament structured really weirdly because you've got like these nights with seven matches and then there's three nights with six matches so there's like four people getting a night off and I'm Mm. like I don't know Seems it actually strange. really well, fucked guess... me up
1: when I was writing up the, when I was writing up the structure for the preview, with the schedule, because so... basically I was like, wait a minute, no, but like, that's this guy's third opponent as well. Did I, did I screw up yeah. here somewhere? And I went back. Yeah. And I was like, no, wait, oh, because he has that night off. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: This yeah, yeah there's was there's only confusing. three. Yeah. Yeah. There's only three, um, mat- uh, three nights with eight singles matches. So. Yeah, that's a bit of a a wild one. But, yeah, I mean, it certainly feels like it's pointing in that direction because the last night you've got Shiozaki Nakajima, Hio Hiho del Dr Wagner Jr. against Manabu Sawyer. And then in block A, you've got Jake Lee, Keno and Jack Morris, Adam Brooks. So they kind of feel like they're the four matches that are going to be the most significant. Um. Yeah, so I, I don't know. My feeling is very much that Shiyazaki Nakajima decides block B, where it's like, oh, Oh, yeah, Dr. Wagner Jr. needs one of them to lose. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Go wins or whatever. But, yeah, a Go Keno final is still what I'm going for. I haven't changed my mind at all in the last few days or after this first night, but I don't know if you have any other kind of big picture stuff for the rest of the tournament. Uh,
1: no, I like the only thing that uh, I kind of... Uh... Like I said, the only the only additional thing that I kind of came up with in my head is basically caused by Kaito getting eliminated from the G1, and it's the one I already talked about—the horror scenario. Jake wins the tournament; he has defeated everyone because he deliberately said, right, like at, before the tournament, that like there's no one that is like worth challenging him. So now he's going to go into the N1 as champion, and then if he like wins that one as well, and then Kaito comes back and wins the title, and yeah. That's the only, like, kind of, like, horror scenario I have in my head right now, and I really hope they don't do that. Like, I think it just makes the most sense to, like, go with Go asaki because he's never wanted, or to go with Kano because he has like, a believable, like, long-term, like, kind of top guy now that he's... Because, again, like, while he was in Congo, you couldn't do that because he was, like, this anti-authority guy. Well, he's still kind of a prick. Like, he's not, like, that, like, I'm fighting against Noah guy. He's more like a Noah guy now. So, you could actually like put them on top more long term. So, yeah, maybe that's the only thing where like I shifted a bit more towards thinking Kano is going to win rather than Go is going to win, but I'm probably Mm -hmm. still more like 55% Go and 45% Kano at this point.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, and then uh, I actually, just real quick before we move on to the next thing, uh, when I sent over the previews uh, to Rich to publish them, uh, you know how I included like the singles. Tournament history of every participant, yep. and I mean every single tournament. <laughs> uh, Rich actually thought I had made up the Battle of West Lothian.
0: <laughs> no, this is a real, this is a real thing. Yeah. An important uh, accolade in a man's life is to win the Battle of West Lothian. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, I I, I just responded yeah. to him that it's just as prestigious as the Battle of Los
0: Angeles. Absolutely. Yeah. To the, you know for the people of central scotland it's just as important He yeah. also competed in the lionheart league as well which i did enjoy yeah. just like i don't think i've ever seen anything more depressing than empty arena behind closed doors icw oh, god <laughs> uh, don't know how, i don't know
1: why bad. you put yourself through that
0: <laughs> look covid was a hard time for everybody um <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's bad. Yeah, that was I mean, weird. he
0: lost to a guy called Luca De Pazzi, who I genuinely don't think is a real person. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. This man's a former ICW tag team champion and he deserves respect.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, he does. Uh, and the other thing as well, talking about our great previous as well. Um, Boy, Stu Fulton sure seemed to know a lot about everyone's singles tournament history on that show.
0: (laughs) Well, see, I must have missed that. Well, not must have missed that. I did miss that because I watched the vast majority of the show with Japanese commentary Hmm. uh, because I heard two matches of G-Man and I was like, I can't do this to myself.
2: (laughs) I genuinely
0: can't cope with him not really knowing what's going on. them like, mother of God. It's like, no, I'm, I can't do it. Mm. Like I genuinely, I was like, I'm just going to get mad. So I was like, if I watch <laughs> the Japanese, I survive with all Japan and big Japan, watching it with Japanese commentary. I'll survive this show as well. Um,
1: yeah. I can, I can see like, he's a, he's a good ring announcer, but like, I don't know why they insist on just putting him on no
2: commentary. No,
0: like, like Pickering has his faults, but I think he's a good commentator. Yeah. And Stu Fulton's brilliant, like he's a pro, he knows what he's doing. And those two are fine. And the matches where it's just those two are fine. But then it's like, oh, Stu Fulton's not doing this match. He is G Man.
1: Yeah, it's just he took off he took over of both colour and play by play. Like, like what just, is he like, doing? Just
0: stop stop talking. Yeah. Like oh, it's just yeah. So yeah, I must have missed uh, Stu Fulton um doing his own research at voicelwrestling But uh good for him <laughs> and good for us yeah. that's
1: what i said yeah no definitely uh okay so uh okay so now we get uh so, so now we're done with uh noah uh, well, we're not going to all japan right away because we're taking a quick detour to the great world of great glade whatever the fuck you want to call it. you know what they did a shit show, so I'm gonna call it Gleet. <laughs> Don't because that's great. It's definitely not the thing that they were on that show. So they didn't. They need to earn that Monica back. So now they GleeD. Uh, so Gleet version mega happening on the 4th of August live on YouTube, which I think they actually do a halfway decent number. Like more than normally, I think they had like 10k people or something watching that. Um, so live from Sumo Hall in Tokyo. In front of two thousand two hundred and fifteen fans. Which is bad another bad number, like just big oof.
0: I hope whatever they paid Kota Ibushi was worth it. So
1: Like uh, that's the other thing, right? You get the first match of Kota Ibushi in Japan since the G one final where he got injured against Okada, and then everything happened. So there's like there's obviously like a lot of like intrigue around it, right? And you draw less than. Like, we just talked about Noah's struggles to draw, right? And you draw, like, 500 people less than Noah did for Majestic. Yep. Like, that's really bad. Especially because DDT, another promotion that has been struggling to draw, like, they just, like, annihilated your number there, like, just a few days earlier.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like they drew Although like a thousand fair, people more.
0: <laughs> to be fair, Peter Pan did have Matt Cardona on it, so obviously true. all the I hadn't considered to see that him, him and Andre's a giant panda. But uh yeah, exactly. And I mean it, that two thousand two hundred number is four thousand less than all together again at the start of June <laughs> and four and a half thousand less than Sakura Genesis. Yeah. Uh which obviously was Headlined by Okada against Senada, Yeah. And obviously had Mercedes Monet as well. But it's like, that's a horrendous number. Yeah. You've obviously had to pay a fortune to rent the building. You've booked a 58 match card, flown in a bunch of weird people.
1: And I mean, you put some like then, known draws on this as well, right? You put like, yeah. you put like, Kota Bushi on there obviously you put Pento was on the show like uh, you also had uh, uh you also had Hiromo on the show as well right yeah so and you drew yeah. less like than Noah mm-hmm. right like it's, it's just like it's just not an acceptable number like yeah. they should have just not like they should have like if you want to go for a bigger show like maybe don't go straight to like Sumo Hall, unless they got like a really good rate on it. Right, like, because yeah. obviously, like, it's, yeah. Because again, like, because the, the other thing that I would have compared this to, like, this drew less than the Champion Carnival Final in Ottawa, Yeah. Which also had, T, which T, had T-Hawk in the main event.
0: Yeah, and he's co-main eventing here against yeah Hayato Timo, He's a
1: better he's so. a better draw in all Japan than he is in <laughs> Elite. <laughs> Which, I, oh, that's actually it something... Actually proves, I, I actually yeah. proves
0: that uh, hmm? Shitaro Ishino is a bigger draw. That too,
1: that too. <laughs> Confirmed? Yeah, no, for sure. It's actually, I had a brief conversation with Mike Spears after the show was over, and, like, the thing I brought up there is, like, I think T-Hawk should jump to all Japan. Like, I think they Probably. book him better. He's a better draw there. Like, I think he fits better with the style of the promotion. So, Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, so you haven't seen the show uh, unfortunately, But so I'm going to kind of quickly go through the matches and give my thoughts but you just kind of intersect basically if you want to like touch on anything that was happening or if there's anything you want to know more about okay, so uh, in the opener uh, or the dark match, I'm actually not sure because I didn't see this match and I didn't really look like it was anything worth but going back for, uh, Yuya Susumu and JD Lee defeat Yusuke Kodama and uh, Masato Kamino in 6 minutes and 30, uh, 30 seconds uh, after Lee pinned Kamino after a shooting star press. Didn't see it, neither did the so let's move on. So I'm going to talk about both of the next matches kind of together, so I'm going to talk about, just quickly mention results for both of them. So, kickboxing rules. Now, defeats Maya Fukuda in round 2. Uh, after a TKO. And then, Gleet MMA rules. Uh, Akihiro Gono defeats Tetsuya Izuchi. Uh, by decision. After 3 rounds. Why? Wh- what are we doing here? What is this? What's the point of this? Why do you think this is a good idea? Just... You you do you actually think this is helping your guys? Because it's not. Because it makes them look awful. Like we talked we touched on this already during the awards show when we talked about the uh the Soma Watanabe match at the first lead MMA show where both me and Kelly Harris voted that match were like the worst match because it, it just did damage to Watanabe and like Watanabe just looked horrendous, just this like washed up like MMA guy just beat the shit out of him, and then Watanabe threw up after the match. Like, that didn't happen here, but, like, Maya Fukuda didn't look that much better. Like, it was actually, like, kind of felt like she was put out of her mercy when she lost by TKO. Like, And she's, like, again, like, one of your young stars. Like, why are you doing this to her? Like, this didn't help at all. If anything, like, it hurt her, like, aura, really. And then same for Izuchi. Like, Izuchi is another, like, I think he has a ton of potential. I think he's a guy that, like, Gleed really should be building up now. But they're not, instead of putting him in this kind of stuff where, like, he. Basically, it felt like Gono was told that he can't finish Izuchi. So he actually spent a good chunk of the match just kind of standing in the corner adjusting his pants, and he still won by decision. Like, I just don't get what we're doing here. Like, it yeah. just. It feels such like just a waste,
0: right? Why? I think the last time I saw Akihiro Gono was him losing a split decision to Dan Hardy in the UFC (laughs) about fifteen years ago. Yeah, exactly. Like And then it's like it's like I saw the results and I was like, sorry, why is there a fifty year old bloke? Like in your second match of the show. Yeah. I don't I don't understand. Like I don't I'm not a huge gleek guy but I I genuinely don't understand the mindset of who this is for. Where it's like you have, on this show, two kind of kickboxing MMA fights, three wrestling matches, and then you get the UWF stuff. And it's like, who is this for? Generally, people want one or the other. They don't want both. So why are you trying to horseshoe them in together?
1: Or if you're doing it, like, for example, like I brought it up earlier, like, because Hard Hit is doing like all that kind of stuff as well, where they like mix in, for example, like exhibition grappling matches and all that kind of stuff. But again, that's for a very niche crowd in Shinkiba. That's not something you could put in Sumo Hall. There's a reason Hard Hit doesn't run Sumo Hall. I love Hard Hit. But yeah, like it's just I. and again, it's also like like Gono dominated Izuchi really badly. That's what I mean, like where it felt like he was told that he can't finish him but it just made Izuchi look like such a bitch that just this 50-year-old guy is just here and he's just beating the shit out of him. And he had no chance at all. Like, it's just awful, 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 awful. Okay, uh, m- move on from that because I, I, I hated everything. <laughs> I hated this so much. Okay, so Quiet Storm's 25th anniversary, special match. Masakatsu Funaki, Quiet Storm, and Kazuma Sakamoto defeat Takamichi Yuji Hino and Issei Onitsuka in 8 minutes and 32 seconds uh, when uh, Quiet Storm uh, hit the 53-centimeter arm lariat on Onitsuka. I mean, this was fine. I mean, it was 8 minutes and 32 seconds. It was perfectly acceptable wrestling. I enjoyed like, cu- Quiet Storm and Yuji Hino just kind of running into each other. That was really fun. I mean, that shouldn't really be surprising. Just two big dudes just slapping into each other that's always great. That's just the best thing in wrestling and everyone else here. Like, I mean, Funaki, I I honestly can't really remember anything Funaki did. Not even sure if he tagged in, probably did. not for long, most likely perfectly acceptable match.
0: Uh, I did enjoy not nothing to do with Glee. I did enjoy, uh, the Peter Pan main event between Yuji Hino and Chris Brooks. Um, I think the highlight was when uh, Hino took his shirt off so Brooks could chop him and then was like, no, you don't chop hard enough, and then put his T-shirt <laughs> back on. And I was like, that's the sort of alpha male move that we need more of.
1: Yeah. No, Hino We
0: were like, no, you're a chump. I'm putting this back on. So, yeah, no thoughts on this, but yeah, Yuji Hino's fun. Yep, uh, I agree. Yeah, the, the image of him attacker on the same team is quite funny <laughs> as well.
1: Okay, so then in the next match, uh, Kyoko Inoue, Dash Shasako and uh, uh, Sayaka Unagi and Yukari Hosokawa defeat Risa Serra, Michiko, Aoi, and Janaikai in 6 minutes and 35 seconds when uh, Unagi hit a sliding Tanaka on Aoi. And this was fine, but this was just, again, baffling booking on the part of Gleed. So... Michiko recently turned heel, right? Like, after she did the whole thing, like, oh, I'm gonna leave Gleed, I'm gonna leave Gleed, and then she didn't, and she comes back and she turns heel. And she kind of formed, like, basically here on the show, they kind of debut a, like, heel faction built around her in a Demon ego- Egoist, which amazing name for a faction, I need to say. But then they just lose in 6 minutes and 35 seconds, just, like, like, why are you debuting a new heel faction and then immediately have them win just in six minutes? Like, wh- wh- what? what is this booking? Like, like you just immediately just completely cut the heel, like, whatever chance there was for, like, this heel stable. Because now they're chumps because they lost their first match just instantly. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I just completely didn't get this. The match was fine, but the booking was just, again, really weird.
0: So... Is Janai Kai going to be a regular for them then, or do they literally fly her up for just that show? Cause no, if did... she
1: she has she has worked she has worked late before. I think she's actually over in Japan right now for a tour.
0: Oh, okay, because yeah, I know I've I looked on her cage match earlier, and I know she's not actually that's the only match she's wrestled in Japan so far. So I was like, that's a very strange use of your money. But there again, so she's running this building, and you can put no one in it. So
1: yeah. no, she she was actually on the second anniversary show. Yeah. Mm, okay. and she was yeah, teaming I, with I also uh, think she stinks. they, they kind of had that team basically go there as well like they basically had that same team on that show but they weren't like a basically not like you know like a stable yet like they were just kind of teaming yeah. together and then you bring them out in this, in this show as a stable with a name and everything and they just lose.
0: Yeah I also think sh- she kind of stinks as well. So. <laughs> yeah
1: No she, she very much like amongst her stable mates. I mean, mean, maybe, look, I mean, she wouldn't be the first person to, like, become better wrestling in Japan, right?
0: You would hope so. But,
1: yeah, we'll see. I mean, she definitely can't get better if she's just in, like, six-minute matches. But, yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah. Okay, so then, the next match, uh, where we had the uh, Black Generation International team of Katara Suzuki, Hartley Jackson, Keiji Sato, and Yutani defeat Kento Miyahara, Shigehiro Irie. Junji and Jack Cartwheel in 7 minutes and 12 seconds uh, when uh, Jackson pinned Junji after a Falcon Arrow. Again, another perfectly acceptable match. It's weird that you put Kento on the show and then have him lose in 7 minutes. Yeah, I don't know about that. But sure, I I don't think it hurts Kento because he's Kento Miyahara and he's kind of Teflon at this point. But it also, like, it's weird that like You put him on the show and you just literally put him in the exact middle of the card in seven minutes, and that's really all he does here. Just, yeah, I don't know. Again, more weird booking from Glade. And at the very least, it made more sense that Jackson won here because of what they were like gonna do later. But yeah, okay, and then we move over to the Lidet UWF part of the show, where under Lidet UWF rules. Minoru Suzuki and Shinya Aoki defeat Fujita, Junior Hayato and Yu Izuka in 8 minutes and 23 seconds uh, when uh, Suzuki choked out Izuka with a sleeper hold. Yeah, I mean, it's another lead at UWF Rules match. I mean, your mileage varies on these. I think these can be really good. I think Suzuki's really good at it. I think Fujita like, is really good at it as well. Yu, i okay at it. I. Honestly, I have no time for Shinya Yoki because I also have suspected he's the guy behind beh- all the Gleet MMA nonsense because he's the one that keeps tweeting out those matches. Um, yeah, I mean, it was fine. That's really all I can say about it. Uh, but it is definitely weird that, like, you had this whole tournament, crowned Takanori Ito as your first lead Gleet UWF champion, and then you have immediately have him drop it to Fujita. And then Fujita loses on the next show. I mean, at the very least, it seems like they might go for a Suzuki versus uh, Fujita uh, title match. So I'm, I am looking forward to that. But still, again, a bit of a weird booking. And again, also very short, which I think is a thing you can say about a lot of the matches on the show. Uh, yeah. So then for the G-Infinity title, the Saito brothers, Jun Saito, Ray Saito. Uh, defeat uh, the bulk orchestra team of Ryuichi Kawakami and Galeno Del Mal in 14 minutes and 55 seconds uh, when Ray hit a diving body press on Kawakami. Again, baffling booking. Like I, I, I was like, okay, like it makes sense. Like if you have the to cite here, and they like toss around, uh, uh, they toss around Tanaka uh, and uh, and Kasayashi earlier. Uh, in one of the title defenses, so that that made a ton of sense, and like then you have like the bulk orchestra team come in after they turn face, and you have them defeat the Saitos and take the belts, but no, nope. the Saitos keep the title, and I'm really not sure what the point is of the Saitos keeping these titles longer. Like I felt like the title reign was perfectly acceptable for what it was, so now I'm just really confused what like the plan is. Like
0: well. So I, I did have a pondering on this. Hiato mm-hmm. Tamura is facing June Saito in the first round of the yes. Royal road. I saw that. So I wonder if they're gonna go back to the Saitos against Tamura and Kamatani. So we're just check Kamatani.
1: So we're just basically just go full circle.
0: Yeah, time is a flat circle, absolutely. <laughs> Fair um enough. I don't know, but I'm assuming that's why he's in the tournament. But, um, yeah, my only other thought here, obviously I've not seen it, but uh, Galeno Del Mar is incredible. Um, He's like a fridge freezer with legs. But I really wish Noah would steal him. Yes. And, well, if they had a tag tournament, I hope they steal him and then him and his brother team together. Because there's no way those two should ever lose
1: No, absolutely, absolutely. Like I mean, I've been saying that since he popped up. Well, it's like, no, absolutely needs to steal. Like, how did this? Like, I think that's literally what I said when he popped up in Glead, I was Like, how did Noah let this happen? Like, yeah. they, they, it's not even that you can say that they don't have good connections in Mexico. They obviously do. And also, it's literally the brother. Like, obviously, you should yeah, be exactly. like, he should come to you and be like, hey, do you want to book my brother? And then you just need to look at a photo of him, and you're like, yes, yes, we want to book your brother. Obviously, we do.
0: Yeah, and then they can have an undercard trios match, and it's yeah. those two and Dave the Clown.
1: that's yeah. what we need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. M- maybe that's why they didn't belt him up here. Otherwise, it's just a baffling decision that like Lee didn't <laughs> belt him up here. Like just out of all of the booking decisions, this might be one of the worst ones. But yeah, it's uh, just really weird stuff. Okay, then the next match: the Ultra Junior One Night Dream, Kasayashi, Minoru Tanaka, and Shima. Defeat Hiromu Takahashi, Atsuki Eoyagi, and Jun Toncho in 10 minutes and 20 seconds when Chima pinned Toncho after Meteora. Talking about baffling booking, this was yet another one. <laughs> where just the three old guys defeat the three young guys, and I really, I'm kind of dreading, because I have a feeling that I know what this is leading to. Um, oh, yeah, just for quick, oh, because I forgot to mention it, actually, because it has said like, they're going to go back to Tamara. But first, uh, it's actually Hartley Jackson and Katara Suzuki challenge the Saitos. But yeah, if they can get past those, then I feel like, yeah, Tamara beating, uh, win- winning in the Royal Road and then challenging for the Infinity titles probably wouldn't make a ton of sense. But yeah, coming back to this one, yeah, Shima getting the win here and then T Hawk, spoilers, defending his title uh, afterwards. Kind of leads me to believe that, like, I think Shima might be winning might be beating t-hawk for the title which Mm. that's kind of like that's really bad like that's that's just baffling because why else would he be winning here right like why is he getting like this win on the big show like Kazayashi can easily take the fall right and i mean you don't like okay maybe you don't want to have june tansha win but like i mean you have your roma right there you have atsuki right there like they can take a win and it's also really interesting that, like, New Japan just allowed this to happen as well.
0: Yeah. Well, look, you got to put yourself over, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, nobody else is going to do it. So. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the
1: oh. few gr- elite guys on the show that, like, faced off with an outsider and won.
0: Yeah, because Shima had that New Japan Cup run, didn't he, mm-hmm. last year when he got to the quarterfinals? Mm-hmm. So, God knows, I.
1: I mean, there certainly Bastard. wasn't anyone like built up in the main event to like challenge T Hawk next. So Shima kind of um, is the only guy now.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about the main event because um, I've heard good things hmm? about it. So would you recommend that I watch T Hawk <sighs> and Mr. Tomorrow? Oh, that one, yes. Not?
1: No, I would definitely recommend watching that one. That one is really good. That that one is easily the by far and away the best match on the show. It's not even close. Perfect. So for so just for the result as well. So for the g title, T-Hawk defeats higher to Tamara in 25 minutes, 52 seconds with the Night Right for his third defense. Yeah, no, this one was really good. I flirted with four stars. I think I might need to re-watch it, I think because I was already kinda grumpy with everything that had been going on on the show. So, I didn't go for in the moment. I think if I rewatch it, I probably will. Because it was that good. It was just. Yeah, I mean, Higher to Tamara is great. T Hawk is great as well. So, it was exactly what you expected the match between them to be. Kind of baffled by the result because I also expected Higher to Tamara to win here and take the title off of T Hawk, who's had a solid reign, but. I feel like Tamara is like should be like the guy that you're building up. Like he should be the guy that you're like trying to like make your actual ace, because that is something that like Glied is still missing. Is like an ace. Like they tried kind of a little bit with Lindemann. but I don't think like I love Lindemann. but that's not really the kind of guy that he is. And I feel like Haya to Tamara can be that guy, but obviously feels like they don't think he's ready yet. So T Hawk beats him here in a really really good match though. So, yeah. And I I would definitely recommend, if there's anything from the show that you go and watch, it's this match. And I mean, it is on YouTube, so you can, like, go and watch it very easily. You just have to scroll for a bunch of nonsense to get there. But hey, I mean, YouTube significantly improved the scrolling function recently, so you can actually, like, very easily find the beginning of the match.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay, and then, in the main event, in a five-on-five, Super premium elimination match. Kota Ibushi, Shuji Ishikawa, Daisuke Sakimoto, Haganashino, Yumehito Imanari defeat Takanori Ito, Soma Watanabe, L. Lindemann, Jack Shimatani, and Kaito Ishida in 35 minutes and 54 seconds, where it came down to Ibushi and Kaito Ishida, and Ibushi pinned Ishida after Kamagoi. So, as I said, this was Kota Ibushi's big return to Japan. He gets injured in the G1 final. He's injured for a really, really long time. And then weird things start, like, floating around about him. He gets announced for the New Japan Cup, and then he gets pulled. He says he wasn't ready yet and everything, and then he starts posting on social media, uh, but basically acclu- accusing kind of New Japan of being bad at booking and just like not treating him right and even going so far as like dropping like allegations of like New Japan having like shady contacts and everything which is a big big no no in Japan and basically mm-hmm. they work out an agreement right where he gets let go like his contract just like runs out quietly in exchange for him just shutting the fuck up basically and then he pops up in AEW, he has the, like, Blood and Guts match, doesn't really look great, and now he makes his big return to Japan here. I think he still looked bad. Like, mm. because, like, in, like, the Blood and Guts match, like, to see in that one, right, he, he just didn't yeah. look good at all.
0: No. No. He looked pudgy, for a start, which, to be fair, I'm built like the Michelin man, so I can't <laughs> really comment, but he looked pudgy. Mm-hmm. Um... And just kind of looked quite slow and cumbersome and almost like he didn't really know what he was doing. Um, well, not didn't really know what he was doing, I suppose that's not really a, an accurate representation, but he just sort of looked very out of place and like definitely not up with the pace of the match and the intensity mm-hmm. of that match. You know, you got John Moxley diving on a bed of nails and Ibushi's there throwing like really awkward looking forearms and mm-hmm. it's like... Mm not great and yeah obviously I've not seen this match but most of what I heard was he didn't look good again and you've kind of said similar which yep. doesn't sound super encouraging
1: no so. he, he did get a bit like a bit better in like deep closing stretch with Ishida like I think he, he like did a bit better there but like he just he didn't look physically well like, which apparently it wasn't, because he, I think he posted some tweets, like, the night before, that he had, like, a fever and everything. So, maybe that affected him in this match still. I mean, most likely. But, yeah, he just looked physically unwell. Like, he, he always is kind of, like, you know, like, a kind of pale guy, but he looked even paler mm-hmm. here. And, yeah, he just always seemed, like, a step too slow. Um, like I said, he got better as the match went on. but. It still felt like a long way away from, like, Prime Ibushi. Yeah, and obviously, like, expected him to win this match. But still, as I said, like, it just... The entire thing on the show was just Elite coming up short constantly against Outsiders. And this just continued here. And I, like, I just don't think it's a good way to present yourself because it's just such a continuous issue in lead, right? That they just always get the short end of the stick when they face off with outsiders and everything. And mm. this was really just that dialed up to, like, a massive degree. Uh, I also don't think that, like, Kote Ibushi's, like, team is, like, really all that exciting as well. Like, it was just kind of a random collection of, like, guys that he's friends with. Like, this just felt like Onita showing up on a CZW show with his buddies and just demanding that a singles match gets turned into a into a six-man tag match. So, yeah, yeah, or, yeah.
0: The, or the old Ultimo Dragon routine.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that too. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah, you have the singles match, the heels run in, and then it turns into a tag match.
0: Oh, no. What a tragedy. <laughs> um,
1: Who could ever have predicted Yeah, exactly. Except, like, the 50 times this happened before. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember um, uh, Larry Sonka used to write on uh, 4-1-1, obviously he passed mm-hmm. away. I remember, you know, the height of Suzuki-gun. Every every match review started with, in a complete shock to no one, Suzuki-gun jumped their opponents before the bell. <laughs> and, like, it used to pop me every time because it was like, yep, yep, <laughs> yep. yep, yep, there's Suzuki and there's Suzuki with the giant fingers and, yeah. Yep. Someone had never sorry. prepared. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Ah uh, well, yeah. Well, maybe Yota learned the lessons because uh, bringing out an identical twin, to, uh... <laughs> haha. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'd... a five-on-five elimination match. I guess they probably couldn't have got Ibushi to work as singles, or who would you put him in there with? But yeah, it didn't look super exciting on paper, no. and it yeah, hurt. The,
1: it hurt. It hurt the card things. as well because you basically like you had to use up like five mm-hmm. of your like young top talent here. That you could have yeah, put, so put it, like, it other stuff on the card. Else. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: Not good. No, and then afterwards, basically, Ibushi is, like... I don't know. I think maybe he felt he was, like, putting them over, but it felt really patronizing. Where he was like, oh, yeah, hey, I won, da-da-da-da-da, yeah. But congratulate yourselves. You did a really nice job. And then little escape a, a in the match to, like, cut a promo. And then all the guys that lost early in the night came out, like, higher to Tamara and, like, Kamakami and like like the women and like Maya Fukuda and like I don't know I, I like again it just like you just when you just saw them all assembled you, like literally the first thing I thought is like all of these guys lost all of them like what the fuck like why are you booking it this yeah. way like and didn't you wonder why you draw two thousand fans in Sumo Hall yeah that's the reason yeah, I why. don't
0: yeah. I mean, I don't want to ask where the money's coming from, but like, they have got to have made an enormous loss on that show, even how much Mm -hmm. they must have paid Ibushi to do it. Yes. And it's like, uh, was it worth it? Definitely not.
1: Uh, Kento probably doesn't come cheap for like outside bookings as well. well, Even how rarely he
0: does them, Hiromu. Hiromu, yeah. these, these fellas yeah, these fillers aren't coming in for free. And you're flying in, you know, jack cartwheel and like bizarre. Very bizarre. And I don't I don't know. I mean this I was really this was just a magic functions, but yeah.
1: Like this was Glee's chance, right? This was their chance to show that they aren't just like, you know.
0: Yeah, they're like an alternative, they're a Exactly alternative, like I feel like they've ballsed it up.
1: Yeah, that they're, that they're on, like, the level of, like, uh, at least, like, in all Japan, basically, right? That they're, like, comparable to all Japan and not, like, the next level below them, but they're not.
0: And no, no
1: they just really aren't, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. I think I'm. this show really, like, made me feel, like, down a lot on lead. Like, I, I'm just, mm-hmm. like, I'm probably out on them for a while until they can show me something that can, like, rope me back yeah. in, but Like, unless something big happens, this might be the last time we talk about lead on the show for a while. Yeah. Like, like I said, it wasn't really even, like, a bad show in terms of, like, in-ring, but just baffling booking up and down the card. And, like, you were talking about, like, it looking bad on the Noah show, but, like, this was also, like, a dark void show. And whenever they turned on the lights, there was no one on the hard camp side. Like, it actually looked, like, so embarrassing. Just terrible. Terrible, terrible! You had your chance, you blew it. So we'll yeah. see where in they the go mud. from here. But in the mud, yeah. is. absolutely in yeah. the mud. Yes, clay in the mud. All of them. Anyway, Let, let's move on to something. Like, let's move on to something more positive. Let's move on to all Japan finally. Uh, so uh, all Japan had kind of uh, three relatively big shows. I think they actually. And we're talking about like terrible drawing records, but I think actually All Japan drew pretty well uh, mm. for all three of these shows uh, that they did recently. So uh, let's go through them. So, for the first one, from July 22nd, uh, from Kunibike Messe Exhibition Hall in front of 937 fans, uh, we had in the first match, we had Yuma Anzai and Atsuki Oyagi go to a 50 minute time limit draw. Uh, I actually had kind of a feeling that that's how this match was going to go, because A, yes, Anzai is a rookie, but he's a heavyweight and he was about to go TDN1, so he couldn't really lose, and Atsuki is still kind of, like, the top guy in the junior division. So even while he is a junior, I think that also would have looked bad if he lost to, like, a rookie here. Um, Yeah. So this just felt like the logical conclusion. I think these two did really, really well because like, I think these are two guys that you can also have go to a time limit draw. And I think for an opener, it was really good.
0: Yeah. And also, poor Adzke just had to do the J-O-B for Hayata. So he deserved yeah. something in return. Um, Hayata still stinks, by the way. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. Uh, didn't really... Um... I felt it kinda lacked a level of intensity mm-hmm. that it was look I felt like Atsuki reined it in a little bit more. It was a bit less high flying than normal. And obviously Yuma still it's still a fairly limited move set. So there's, you know it kind of felt like it never really peaked and then they were like, Oh, time's up and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it was probably only, you know, a, a three, three and a quarter star match, but it was still a a decent little opener. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, intriguing putting Atsuki in there in a the singles match with a heavyweight because, obviously, he's now in the, the Royal Road lineup, which, obviously, we'll talk about in a bit. So, obviously, yeah. this was sort of a useful example of him being in there with a, a heavyweight because, obviously, he's going to be doing a bit more of that uh, later this month. So. Okay,
1: and then the next match, Shuji Shikawa. And Renayabe defeat Hikaru Sato and Ayla Blanc. In nine minutes and twenty seconds, uh, when Ishikawa hit Blanc with the Fire Thunder Driver, um, yeah, another good matchup. It was kind of curious that Blanc was on the losing side here. Um, I think maybe like because he won like his first match in, but maybe like and also like what happened on like other shows, like maybe they're like having him take some lumps basically now. So which I think is fair in a way as well. But interesting nonetheless. Uh, yeah, again, I thought it was another like perfectly acceptable match. Nothing really made it to write home about.
0: Yeah. No, I, I thought it was fine. I think Blanc has looked decent in his mm-hmm. first few opportunities, but you know of the of the Frenchadors, he's definitely less yeah. rounded than Sensa Volto. So, in a sense, he he doesn't really need to be coming in and straight away challenging for a title, um, because thankfully all Japan have got enough going on with their. They're juniors. It's not like I know Big Japan did where they brought in um, Endakara. Is he Swedish? Turkish?
1: Uh, he is Swedish. And it, he
0: basically came in, did one tour, and it was like, right, now you're facing Kaiji Tomato for the <laughs> yeah. title. And It was a decent little match, but it's like they have so little depth they have to do that. Yeah. Whereas all Japan don't really have to, um, and I'm guessing there'll be a junior battle of glory later this year
1: maybe uh, yeah because normally they generally put it at the beginning of summer but I don't know if that's shifted now
0: yeah because I know they had the tag one which seemed mm-hmm. a bit weird given that they don't really have a junior tag title but never mind uh, I'm guessing they might do something later in the end obviously then he'll be a key part of that but yeah yeah he's still essentially just roster padding at this point so it was an enormous surprise that he took a, you know he was looking yeah. up at the lights after Big Huge killed him
1: I don't know and I am talking about the French adults as well. I actually saw Sensor Walter yesterday uh, yeah. oh the was that the gWF show? yeah gWF show he uh he challenged Tim Stubing for the Berlin title. Didn't win, but damn good match like that one's up on YouTube mm-hmm. as well. like that's actually a, uh, another one that like you should probably like if you're interested in like seeing Sensor Volta or like Tim Stubing, who's like a like young and up like up and coming guy. Uh, mm-hmm. That that's well worth a watch. And the same show as well had Axel Tischer versus Mike DiVecchio. That was also another great match. Mm, big Mike D. Yeah. He's my man. Yeah, that, that that match rocked as well. Um, oh,
0: but yeah, because you uh, GWF don't have my my hero Kodai Nozaki anymore because he's back in Kyushu Pro. Yeah,
1: I saw him live. I, they drew, I think they drew... I think I was one of the few ones that knew who he was.
0: <laughs> he drew over four. They drew over four thousand people on Sunday. Pro yeah. to their anniversary show.
1: Tijiri is a, is a draw.
0: Yeah. And Minoru Suzuki. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: home, I mean, I mean, yes, you're saying that Minoru Suzuki is a draw, but how much did he help late on the show?
0: Uh, oh, yeah, so all, But, yeah. again, never mind. But, Yeah. <laughs> I, I really want to watch that Kyushu Pro show mostly because I love Nozaki because he's just like the most peculiarly built individual. Yes. He's probably the wrestler that looks most like me in terms of <laughs> dimensions. So I'm like, I kind of have to root for him. You have to live vicariously
1: but, yeah. through uh, Nozaki.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, I'm not taking bumps. He can take them for me. <laughs> so.
1: Fair enough. That's what I'm doing with Okada. <laughs> Uh,
0: yeah, then I'll just slag everybody else off and not taking bumps properly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> okay, then next match. Suwama and Dan Tamara defeat Yuji Nagata and Ryuki Honda in 12 minutes and 56 seconds uh, after Suwama pinned Honda uh, after a last right. So it was kind of a baffling result given what we're going to do like later because, kind of after this, mm. kind of honda and nagata like are gonna go on a bit of like a run so it was very weird that like like in the moment i was like in the moment i was also like okay like honda's losing here and it's kind of shit but whatever it's not like they've put him recently but then they started pushing him right on the next show so yeah i i really didn't get this result in hindsight it's baffling
0: yeah so I, i had the same thing because at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I thought, you know, basic three-star tag team match, you know, makes sense, obviously, because Suama challenged for the Triple Crown at the end of this show. But, yeah, now that Nagata and Honda are number one contenders for the tag titles, it's one of those you look back on, it's like, why have you booked it? Yeah. Like, if you want them to... Ch- why? Like, wasn't, you know, like, Hana Bata or, you know... Takawamori I know he was he was defending the sixth man, but yeah. like, weren't there two other bottom of the card pin eaters that you could have booked them against to just give them a quick yeah. easy win, or if you wanted to put Suwama over, weren't there other people that him and Dan Tamura could have beat?
1: Yeah, that's actually what I've been thinking. Is you switch around like participants for match two and three? Yeah, exactly. Because like, it's not like you like built up Ishikawa for anything with this win, right? So he could no, have he's just already put, had his triple have, crown match this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. So you could have just done, like, Suwama and Dan versus, like, Ishikawa and Ayabe. And Ayabe takes the fall, and then you do, like, Honda and Nagada versus Sato and Blanc, and Blanc can still take the loss there. So Exactly. Yeah. Or, exactly. So that, any other way around as well works. Like, this one's just weird.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, and then in the All Japan TV six-man tag team title, the prestigious titles. Takao Mori, ATM, and Black Man's Array defeat Yoshitatsu, the almighty Inoue, and Lofer in 30 minutes and 33 free, free seconds uh, when ATM pinned Lofer with a diving body press for the second defense. Whatever. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I even have anything real to say here. Like, this is just it's sort a of nothing It's like
0: a harmless fun. Yeah. yeah like,. No one in the match is any good. Well, like, Black Manta Ray is fine, but he's like a jobber. So, Amori's washed. ATM's, you know, a money mark. Yes. So it's like. A money mark that was
1: also more entertaining with the previous gimmick he had as Carbellito.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yoshitatsu is um, the drizzling shit. Yeah. And then, yeah, the Almighty Inoue and Laufer. It was never good. No. So it's like, this wasn't any good, and it was probably too long, but it also just, like, it didn't offend me. Um, that was definitely the match where I was like, I've definitely got some stuff I need to tidy up and, like, admin to do. So <laughs> <laughs> It was, like, on, and I was like, oh, ATM has won. Great. Lovely yeah. stuff. Yeah. What's it's up tricky. next? Oh, look, here comes, here comes Peck Daddy, Satoshi Kojima. Right, I'll sit back down now.
1: <laughs> yeah fair enough okay and then let's go right to that match uh, so in that six man tag match Kenta Miyahara Ryu Inoue and Rising Hayato defeat Satoshi Kojima L. Lindeman, and Soma Watanabe in 15 minutes and 4 seconds when Miyahara pinned Watanabe with a shutdown suplex hold yeah uh, I thought this was, re- this was really good on the other end like I thought this was a really fun six man tag match just like really good action just bam 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 I really like the interactions that Kento and Kojima have where it's just because Kojima is like one of the few people that can get bigger reactions than Kento and Kento just absolutely can't deal with that where he he is the sun, like nobody is allowed to shine brighter than him and it just annoys him to no end when anyone else gets cheered louder than him. So that just makes their like, and the crowd picks up on that as well and in response just makes their reactions to Kojima a lot louder as well. So I think which really, like, helps the whole thing as well. So, no, I thought this was really good.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, I won't say what I was going to say. I'll save that for later. Um, Yeah, I thought this was a lot of fun. Just, like, really good energy. Everyone in the match is good. Uh, I love Ryo in a way. Yeah. I, I, like, genuinely, he's grown on me massively. And obviously, we'll talk about his his junior title challenge the next night. Like, mm-hmm he's genuinely just really good now. And I think he's, they've got something in him. And I think generally like their crop of juniors at the moment with Atsuki rising Hayato, who I think has come on massively. I used mm-hmm. to think he was terrible. Uh, but he's really good now. And in a way, I think they've got the core of something really, really good. Yeah. Um, I think that's just true of the promotion in general, because they've obviously got Anzai. Yuma Oyagi, Hokuto Mori, Kento's still there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like they've got a really good promotion, and they've been good all year. Um, and it's just nice to see them bubbling up somebody like in a way for this title challenge. Like he's still going to be a bottom feeder the rest of the time, but this was fun, and this was fun seeing him in there in the ring, Kojima. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of fun, really good energy, and yeah
1: yeah and it is kind of like just, starting please. to show in attendance as well, right because like the unfortunate thing is that like there is like somewhat of like an upper like limit for them, right just because they don't like without that corporate power that like other companies in Japan have mm-hmm. like you know like noah's owned by like one of the biggest media conglomerates in the country, and all Japan is owned by a guy that like got lucky making a movie once and this is a little bit of a difference in means. But I think it is, like, starting to, like, pay off for them, like, the, like, work that they've done over the years, like, building these guys up.
0: Yeah. And all the shows are fun. Yeah. Like, I've not watched a single All Japan show this year and wanted to skip stuff. Whereas, like, the last couple of years, they've been a real trudge. Yeah. Whereas this year has been so much fun. And you can see that it's being booked well and they're booking the younger guys. On the come-up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, a lot of fun. Um And, I mean, obviously, talking about younger guys, obviously, you know, the triple crown main event, Aoyagi making his first defense against Hokuto Amori, which, you know, two guys with a combined age of, like, 50.
1: Yeah, I think that might be with... one of the youngest. I, I haven't looked it up, but that might be one of the youngest, like, triple crown matches ever.
0: Yeah. Whereas when Yuji <laughs> Nagata when defended against Shuji Chikawa, it was like a combined <laughs> age of 100. So yeah, <laughs> uh, that was fun.
1: So, yeah. So let's get to that match. So for the main event of that Astro, the Triple Crown match, uh, Yuma Eoyagi defeats Hokuto Omori in 20 minutes and 4 seconds with The Fool for first defense. Um, yeah, I thought this was good, not great. Um, yeah. I think Hokuto, I, I like Hokuto. I think he's one of the guys with the best character work in all Japan. But I think he just isn't the guy that is going to give you like top-of-the-line matches. Which obviously is going to be an issue for him in a promotion like All Japan that does put a lot of stake in like, in-ring work. Uh, but I thought he did well here. And I thought it was a solid enough defense for, like, Yuma. But it was also hurt by the fact that, like, I mean, obviously, Hokuto wasn't going to win. So there wasn't really a whole lot of drama here. But it was still, like, a solid first defense. I feel like, basically, Yuma did what he had to do in the match. And then he put away his opponent, and it made him seem like a dominant champion, basically.
0: Yeah. So I've never been massively high on... Hokuto, I thought he was good here. But I don't think he's credible enough with the fans or just like, you know, as someone watching it, he doesn't feel credible enough as a title challenger Yeah. yet. Now, I don't know if he was supposed to be in that position. I feel like it was supposed to be Ryuki Honda, but then they did the weird... KO not a KO angle thing and then it was Amori in this slot um, also I have no idea how it would have been booked at the top of the card if Ashino hadn't broken his arm in the champion carnival final because I don't know if he was going to beat Nagata or he was always going to lose and then Aoyagi would have won um, so yeah I mean various things probably put Amori in this spot and I, I just don't think from a credibility point of view He was ready, which hurt it from the believability and viability of him winning point of view. But I also like the fact that it wasn't 50-50. Like the early stages of this, Yuma was like a dick, where he basically was just like, (laughs) I'm better than you. And he was kind of cocky and... He was kind of gesticulating with the crowd when he'd got him in like a, you know, got a wrist lock or whatever. And he's kind of like, oh, Hokuto, you can't get out of this, you know, and then mm-hmm. whatever, which was good. Because I think if they just tried to go for like a 50-50 classic main event, it, it definitely wouldn't have worked. Whereas I think what they did, they told a good story within the 20 minutes they had. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it, it it felt right for Yuma's first defense, if that makes sense. Yeah. So probably a three and a half star match, but the booking, probably not the best thing in the world, but at the same time, it was a good opportunity to try something and do something a bit different when you're doing a weekend double shot like they were. Yeah. And I still think they put a reasonable number in for that show. So, you know, onwards and upwards, and it'll be a learning experience for both guys. So. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, for me, because I feel like this was a better choice for him for his first defense than Suwama because he can't have mm. this kind of match with Suwama. And I think you do want to, like, if this is a long title reign, then I think you do want to have Yuma get, like, a like dominant defense in first before you, like, put him against, like, a get, kind of get, like, mauled a bit by a bear like Suwama. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, true. But I think, like, Good show, top to like. I mean, Good. no Good Show might be. I mean, it was a solid show. Like, I don't think there was anything like really like blow away on the or, on the show, but it it went by really quickly, is what I would say definitely. Like nothing. Yeah, it dragged. was a
0: breeze. It was a breeze yeah. to watch. So, you know, I can't complain. I think these little six match shows are a lot of fun. Um. And generally, I just enjoy shows where there's like not massive gaps between the matches. Yeah. Um, you know I I know this is a poor example but you watch like SummerSlam and it's like match 50 minutes of ads (laughs) 12 minutes to make their way to the ring and then it's like Michael Cole squawking at you and it's just like oh my god like if you skip everything it takes as long as these shows do but these just feel like in out couple of hours easy watch nothing's terrible so yeah Perfect,
1: perfect stuff. Okay, and then for the next show, uh, on the very next day in Osaka, Idian Arena Number Two, in front of nine hundred and twenty fans, which that's a great number. Like that's actually like the largest attendance in the number two this year. So, mm. like I think big kudos to all Japan on that one. Uh, I think they can pat themselves on the back for that number. Uh... And yeah, like I said, it really like seems like it's starting to pay off for them. Or, like attendance is like showing that like they've done a good job like building guys up. Uh, they've actually even outdone like they've actually like not like I said they like out there on their own number uh, earlier this year uh, from the Champion Carnival. Uh, but not only that, but they also drew better than like when uh, uh, New Japan did a double shot there for the best of the Super Junior. So and I think mm-hmm. anytime you can outdraw New Japan, I think that's... That, that's a yeah. feather in your cap. Absolutely. As long as it's not, like, a row 2 show. Which, again, like, that's tournament shows. And
0: yeah, not, exactly. like, they put, like, nothing stakes. on top
1: there either. Like, uh, one of the shows had, like, El Desperado versus Robbie Eagles on top, and the other one had uh, Titan versus Romu on top. So, you know?
0: Yeah, they're not, you know, they're not low, like, night 4 or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a good number. Yeah. It's a good number, and it was a good card again. Like... Mm-hmm. You know, three title matches, the return of um, and (laughs) Clearly the guy that is the actual draw here. Oh, absolutely. He is the reason that number's there. Him and him alone.
1: (laughs) No, yeah. No, like I said, really good number. I think really uh, encouraging signs for all Japan in terms of attendance at the moment. Okay, so then let's go into the show. So in the opener, Atsuki Oyagi and Suma Watanabe defeat uh, Ryuya Matsufusa, and Isla Blanc in 9 minutes and 15 seconds, uh, when Watanabe pinned Blanc after a Firebird splash. Uh, yeah. Again, solid opener, and we kind of continue the whole, like, Isla Blanc is, like, taking a slump thing, but just, I think, really nice, like, high-flying opener, just good action to get the crowd going, uh, which, always a good idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. and it. I think on the point of, of Blanc, it's nice to see these European guys getting opportunities with All Japan, Big Japan. Obviously, Noah have, have brought guys in as well, but like you see Big Japan have brought in Tristan Archer for their most recent sweeper shows, and he's looked really good. there. I'm, I'm a big Tristan Archer fan. Mm-hmm. And I know Big Japan are bringing in Leighton Buzzard later in the year as well. So he's someone, obviously, I've seen a lot of having probably watched more ICW yeah. in Scotland than anybody else. Um, but he's also been getting RevPro bookings this year. He's improved massively. Um, and it's it's just nice seeing them get those opportunities Yeah, to do that stuff, especially obviously with COVID. Like these rosters were so stuffy because it was the same guys all the time. So they just give a totally different dynamic and make matches fresher and also make these guys better. And then, you know, not everyone's going to be a star, like not everyone's going to pan out, i.e. like Lancelot in Noah, <laughs> but you do find a Jack Morris or mm-hmm. you do find, you know, a Francesco Akira when he was in All Japan a few years ago. Mm. So I think it's just really cool from that point of view. And I guess it's a sign in many ways that w- we're back, if that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. So hopefully, uh yeah, the White Eagle yep. stays there for a bit longer and, yeah, he brings over Senza at some point.
1: I mean, Senza would be great, but there's actually another guy. Like, if he wants a Japan tour, I hope he gets one, because I think we talked about him earlier as well. I think Mike D, like, mm. needs to get booked to Japan. Like, in whether Japan, that I oh, think would be fun. God, him and big Japan, would, like, him in all Japan would also be great. Let's be honest. I think he would, like, yeah. I think he fits in really well, like, pretty much everywhere. Like, but yeah, big Japan, him in the strong division. I think he would be great for that. Like I think, but I think him and all Japan, like yeah, you you put that guy against like Kento, put that guy against like Yuma. Like see him, like watch him, like throw around Subama would be like something to see as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, or if he hadn't run away and left us, uh, Yuji Okubayashi
1: Yeah, and Mike D. God that's that's, the, make that a tag sort of like, team and have them dominate the entirety of Japan, just win all of the best. Yeah,
0: Or just like a traveling trio of those two in Daisuke <laughs> Sakamoto. Yeah. We uh, we finally yeah. we
1: finally get what we what we were denied when Walter decided to go into retirement instead of getting booked in big Japan.
0: Exactly. Exactly. We were we were robbed. What's that guy doing these days? Uh, um, no idea. No idea uh yeah oh yeah absolutely. Just cool seeing these guys getting opportunities to be honest so
1: yeah um yeah, hopefully get more of that, but yes, so go to the next match. And we have the aforementioned bodyguard uh him and Izanagi defeat Takao omori and black mensray in eight minutes forty three seconds uh when Izanagi uh pinned mensurray after omori uh accidentally hit uh, Mencery with an axe bomber. Um, Yeah, I mean, comedy match, it was fine. Uh, The highlight was Bodyguard singing himself to the ring, as it always is.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're 55. I can't be expecting the fella to be like, you know, working super hard. But yeah, it was just nice seeing him back in all Japan. Is is Anagi, is he going to be around more?
1: Ah uh, no, I, I think was it's... it
0: was he one of the was he one of the ones who like buggered off because of Tajiri?
1: Yeah. No, no, no. He wasn't the Tajiri guy. He quit on the spot because of uh because of uh, Nosawa.
0: Ah, uh, right, okay. Oh of course, yes, 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 <laughs> yes.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, well uh, like basically we right, had he had a back. match in the opener and then Nosawa popped up on the show and he walked out. <laughs> in then yeah.
0: Well yeah. In theory he could come back.
1: Yeah. I mean now Inferior he could come back, but I also feel like he's he's heavily involved with uh, Osaka Pro. So yeah, I think while is that is going on champion, yeah, 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 he he think he's gonna be busy there. And I mean he also realistically has done everything he possibly could have done in all Japan. He even got a yeah. score Watch Reign and all of that. So I feel like his they finished his story. <laughs> uh, yes,
0: yes, he finished so, yeah.
1: his story. <laughs> he he won the title that his dad Dusty never Izanagi won. <laughs> never
0: won. <laughs> Made him proud.
1: Made him proud. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So then in the next match, Suwama. Listen, uh,
0: Izanagi, the son of a
1: plumber. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, maybe. Well, the right, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he's the son, he's the son of Eagle's mask. So. No, Tiger's mask. Sorry. Wait i keep, no, I keep, I keep confusing nice. his gimmicks he's so many mass gimmicks I think I lost
0: like track i think he's worked, he's wrestled as both of them so was he both of them okay yeah <laughs> right. anyway
1: yeah any, anyway <laughs> uh next match uh subama defeats the Enzai in 11 minutes 22 seconds with a last ride right. no. I actually kind of expected this to go to a draw again but with like Yuma going today and one and everything and I feel like they might have started this to, like, use this to, like, start off, like, the uh, Suwama and Yuma tag team that I still think is coming. Mm. But obviously, like, Suwama got the win, and, like, that also made a lot more sense, like, based on the fact that, like, yes, Suwama uh, challenged for the Triple Crown and all of that. But, yeah, solid match, but also think nothing special either.
0: Yeah, it was fine. I think I assumed, he once he challenged for the Triple Crown the night before, I assumed yeah. he was going to win. Um, especially because that was Human's last show before the N1. So, um, yeah, it was fine. It was absolutely fine. So, heated up Suama in the right way uh, for the title match. So, you can't really ask for a lot more, to uh-huh. be honest.
1: Okay, and then in the next match, Yuji Nagata and Ryuki Honda defeat Suji Ishikawa and Renayabe. In twelve minutes and thirty four seconds, uh when uh Nagata uh tapped out Ayabe with the Nagata lock fifty four. Yep, another solid match. And again, one of those where like it made like the whole decision about dropping out dropping them out on the night before, like kinda baffling. Um but yep, solid win I think it got them back on track and I think it I think it showed that like actually the two of them actually have some decent chemistry that I think they keep him together a bit longer, I think they can develop something there, and I think putting him with a guy like Nagata, I think is a good thing for Honda, because he can definitely learn from him. Because while, yeah. while he, because Honda is still really long, young, like Honda is 23, like he's still, like, he, he will get there, like I think, like as opposed to like Inamura, like I'm not worried about Honda's future, like they are a bit inconsistent with his board game, but again, he's 23, he'll get there.
0: Yeah, and I think with him, it's the same point I made that, you know, if he had been the one to challenge mm-hmm. the night before, he would have had the same thing for me as Hokuto, where he doesn't feel credible yet mm-hmm. as, a, as a triple crown challenger. Um, but I think teaming with Nagata, who has been nothing short of brilliant in all Japan this year, mm-hmm. um, I think is going to be a massive, massive boon for him. And look, will they win? Could they win? And then that sets up dissension between Kento and Yuma, who are presumably going to face each other in the Royal Road. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shun- uh, stunned if Yuji and Yuki win those tag titles. Um, it'd be kind of funny if they do. And then obviously you're presumably going to have the, um, uh, what's it called, the tag tournament at the end of the year. The Real yeah. World Tag League. Real World Tag League, yeah. Yeah, you can put someone together in that. Maybe that's Suwama and Yumaranzai. They win the real world tag league. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think it's a fun use for both guys and would go a long way to kind of developing that credibility for Honda, who as you say is young, but he's obviously someone they see something in. So yeah. um, yeah, it's what a veteran like Nagata should be used for. So I'm I'm all I'm all for it. Uh
1: fun fact, uh Omori and uh, Honda actually made their debuts within two and a half months of each other.
2: Wow. Who do we you think?
1: Who, who has more experience? Who, who, who made the debut first?
0: Well, Omori's older. Mm-hmm. So I would assume him because he's older.
1: No, uh, actually, Honda. Uh, Honda made his debut in September, uh, 2nd of September uh 2008 and hokuto Omori was the 17th of november 2018 uh yeah both 2018 sorry honda was in He would have been a literal oh. trial no it's i think oh. i think people might have forgotten this but like honda was a wrestler. he's a wrestler, one trainee originally
0: oh yeah because he would have been one of the last ones right
1: yeah and then he came into all japan and they basically just re-young boyed him yeah and like made him run like basically do like a speed run through like being a young boy before like making him like a full-on like roster member yeah. because now they can claim that he is like their guy like similarly like how like okada technically didn't start off in new japan like he's he said yeah he's a dragon system guy <laughs> the greatest dragon system wrestler ever i i'll stand by that <laughs> opinion
2: <to
1: pronounce. laughs> um but then they like, basically like put him in, in their dojo and like made him run through that. So now he's their guy. And that's basically what all Japan did with uh, Honda.
0: Okay. So, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have. I definitely wouldn't have said that. I would have assumed because Amori's, Amori's like, he's not sneaky old. But he's like, he's nearly 30. So. He's
1: 28. Like, he is older than Yuma Eoyagi.
0: Yeah, he's older than me, so. Uh, whereas, yeah, Honda's got a couple of years under yeah. me, so, yeah. No, I look. I, th- I think he's coming along nicely, and I think a little tag run would probably do him. The world of good, and yep. obviously helps them keep using the garter as a draw, mm-hmm. which he definitely has been. Um, I just love him as well. well I'm a I'm a blue justice mark, so yeah. it's nice to see him being pushed. And so. good for
1: good for his body as well to not be in like singles matches because I feel like that Ishikawa match took a lot out of him. <laughs> Even with all of the so lying on the day. floor, he was it like, was great. It was great, but yeah, holy shit! I, mean, I don't know yeah. if they should have taken those. Ball. It, I was amazing,
0: but like man,
1: both of them must have been hurting so bad <laughs> next day.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ishikawa definitely needed like every inch of his body covered in Voltarol and deep heat yeah. the next day. Yeah. Yeah, he's not quite Tenzan or like he creaks when he moves. But no. uh, I think one of my friends the other day, uh, we were talking about Tomoaki Honma. Hmm? And he said, when he slaps his forehead, he's not firing up for the Kokeshi. He's trying to make sure the blood flow's still going. <laughs> and he's making like, sure yeah.
1: that it doesn't just fall off.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that's what I would go. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I, I think it's... Nagata's been brilliant and i think the kind of system they've got now for the older new japan guys where it's like you can kind of go and do what you want um like we might need you occasionally for stuff um or like you know like kojima at, you know you went to forbidden door to to lose to phil but other than that you're free to go to all japan and do what you want or you, you can go to Noah and do what you want and you know there's no real pressure or whatever, and they can kind of enjoy themselves, and they feel invigorated because they're obviously getting to do more meaningful stuff yep. than they would be in New Japan, where obviously Gedo is trying to push the younger guys. So. Mm-hmm.
1: so, I think I think really it's like a win all around for everyone. Yeah. Okay, so then for the next match, for the All Asia Tag Team Titles in a barbed wire bat megaton current blast death match. Atsushi Onida and Yoshitatsu defeat Hikaru Sato and Dan Tamura in 11 minutes and 17 seconds uh, when uh, Yoshitatsu pin Tamura after a double current blast bat attack for the fifth defense of the titles. And this is going to keep going. Um, I still like this one, but I think there's definitely diminishing returns on these uh, blast bat matches now. there are something different on the card, but yeah, I don't know. I think they kind of need to wrap this up sooner rather than later. We'll see if they will. This also was kind of weird because Sato and Tamara were wearing geese. <coughs> I'm not sure why. I guess maybe because that covers more of their body.
0: Yeah, because Anita know. was basically wrapped like in double-sided sticky tape yeah. all over his arms and stuff. I mean, yes, because he literally,
1: like, broke, he has a broken wrist.
0: Yeah. These matches are not for me. Like, I don't, I'm not tuning in to All Japan TV for a (laughs) firework display. And it's like, the problem is, obviously, Anita's, like, physically very limited. And Yoshitatsu is pants so it means there's an awful lot of standing around waiting for stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this just wasn't any good. Like I, <laughs> I didn't enjoy this at all. Really? And I was just like, please just end like kaboom, bang, someone pinned someone. <laughs> and it's like, Oh no, Anita's pulled him out of the way. It's like, Oh, come on. But yeah, either way, I feel like they've got to lose him soon. Like, yeah, as you say, there can't be much more for them to do, but at least it's something different with those titles, which it's kind of the same with the six man. Like they don't have to matter in a sense because they are like, they're not throwaway titles. I don't think mm-hmm. any title should be considered a throwaway title, but they're basically an opportunity for you to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it could be an opportunity to to belt up somebody else, you know, do something with the juniors or something. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Anita's body's probably going to expire soon as well, so you probably <laughs> yes. should take him off him before yeah, he, that like, too. like he. I don't want to say he dies in the ring, but like it might happen.
1: Also, I love Hikaru but can we have someone else challenge for the belts now? Like literally yeah, out he's of just the, gonna
0: go for like a rotating cast of out of like new the five
1: defenses, he's in three of them. <laughs> right.
2: mm.
1: get someone else in there. I I love Faz, but like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, but maybe maybe one of them will actually work. Maybe he will convince Suwama to do it. And then Suwama will. Well, maybe maybe the, maybe the
0: Saitos, maybe the Saitos do
1: it. I mean, I actually fully expected them to win the titles when they returned from excursion, and I just never did.
0: Yeah, well, at least these are being used, unlike the uh, the Gayora TV one. Yeah. Which yeah. appears to have disappeared into the ether.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Minoru Tanaka sometimes doesn't even come out with it anymore. Uh,
0: yeah. Probably yeah. in a bin somewhere. So
1: Yeah. <laughs> Exo Jim Duggan will find it. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, and then for the next one, for the All Japan World Junior Heavyweight title, L. Lindemann. Defeats Ryo Inoue, in 12 minutes 19 seconds, with a German Super hold for his first title defense. Um, I thought I thought this was really good as well. I am a bit, little bit disappointed with the Lindemann matches in all Japan. Like, Ooh. like I was a little bit disappointed with his when he won the title for Matsuki, and I was like, it's maybe it's a victim of high expectations. I thought Ryo Inoue looked really good, but it, I don't yeah. know. It feels like Lindemann is holding back don't know why but I yeah I, I thought Inoue looked really really good here yeah, I thought he just did a great like underdog role and just taking a lot of heat from like basically throughout the entire match um but yeah I don't know I, it feels like a Lindemann felt just like a step off which I think held the match back a little bit but still like really solid like title defense for him and I think it really yeah, showed yeah. as you said like there is something here within a way that like you can use in the future where like. Like, he's, a, he's another one of, like, the guys that, like, there is something here in this in this junior division that I think can be really good at. Again, he's another one of those guys that is still really, really young. Like, he's mm. 20. Again, it's easy to forget because, again, we had, like, Yuma Anzai being, like, the super rookie from last year. But, again, way, also only is, like, a guy that debuted last year in January. But still, like, for him to get a title match this quickly, like, shows you that, like, they they see something in him.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I thought this was really good, actually. I think the match where El Lindemann won the title for Matsky I didn't enjoy that, really, because there was a, a leapfrog attempt early on, mm-hmm. which they botched in that match. And from then on, the whole thing just kind of felt like one step out. Um, whereas this one had a, a far more compelling narrative to it, where... El Lindemann was like this horrible, like crafty, like he's sneaking around the ring, cackling, (laughs) attacking poor Inouye, like hiding under the ring. And Inouye is like this human wasp, like buzzing around, kicking him. He's all over the place. Um, I thought it was so much fun. Um, I think I went three and three quarters, just shy of four stars, um, because I felt they had a little bit more in them, because, I mean, they only got about 12 minutes, so thought there was probably more there, but yeah, this was definitely better than the uh, match where won the title for Matsuki. Um, and obviously we know where uh, Lindemann's reign is is going now, but obviously mm. we'll get onto that in a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. He, he definitely feels for me that Lindemann's lost a bit of the luster that he had last year when obviously he was in the best of the super juniors and he looked really good. And I thought New Japan were going to try and steal him um but he feels like he's cooled off massively since then um and I'm waiting for him to kind of really grab me with mm. something this match got close but it just kind of was missing a little bit of something um but yeah in a way looked really good here um and I'm really excited for his kind of prospects moving forward because yeah they've clearly got something with him and he's very different from Atski and Rising Hayato, as well, in terms of the way he works and the way he comes across, which is good yeah. because obviously it means that those three, as the future of your division, their matches are all going to have a very different dynamic, which is obviously a positive.
1: Yeah, he, he really is that embracing that like Kawada Jr. like style. Mm. So, yeah, I'm I, but if he really wants to do the full Kawada like experience, he needs to get like I don't know, like 75% more Grumpier than he has now.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's still got the youthful exuberance and yeah. excitement. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. He also probably not like needs to, like, okay, this sounds really mean, but he probably needs to, like, get his face bashed in because he's too handsome to be Kavada. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, he's not got the, uh, the chiseled face no. that he needs. Yeah,
1: like, maybe either he gets to get beaten up real bad or he just needs to, like, sit by the seaside and drink, like, hard liquor for, like, 10 years.
0: Yeah, or just, like, you know. Someone will break your nose, and then you'll be sort of well on the way.
1: Yeah. Okay, Uh, but then let's go to the main event for the All Japan World Tag Team titles. Kento Miyahara and Yuma Eoyagi defeat Minoru Suzuki and Hokuto Omori in 25 minutes, 43 seconds, when Miyahara pins Omori with a shutdown suplex hold for their second defense. I thought this was great. I went four stars on this. I saw some people go, like, even way higher than that. I saw people basically say that this is like one of the best matches in all in all Japan this year. I don't think it really got quite to that level, but I thought still thought this was like just an excellent showing. I think Omori looked better here than he did in the Triple Crown match. Uh, mm. I th- I think he that I think that might be more of his calling honestly. Like I think he might be a guy that like. Maybe he's just, like, a tag guy. And, and like, especially in all Japan, there is no shame in that. I don't think there's any shame in that generally. But I think especially in all Japan, where, like, the tag titles are, like, the genuinely second most important title in the promotion
2: hmm.
1: and are actually, like, put in, like, main events and, like, you are expected to draw, I think that's still a really good spot for him to be in. So, and I think after this, I feel like maybe that's where, like, his future lies and, like, where he should be because... He just feels like a better worker in a tag match than he is in a second yeah. match.
0: Yeah, I think there's less burden on him in a tag match. You know, he doesn't have to be in all the kind of in-between moments. He doesn't have to nail all of that stuff because there's three other people in the ring that can can help with that stuff, and the, the story kind of tells itself. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see Minoru Suzuki's seven-month run in All Japan finally amount to something. Yeah given that he came in at the New Year shows and kind of started this semi-faction with Amori and uh, Naruki Doi, and then they've kind of done nothing as a group <laughs> of any note until now. Um, yeah, I thought this was really good. I didn't think it was as good as the match where uh, Kento and Yuma won the belts from uh, Keno and Manabu Sawyer. I think that's probably up there with with Kento and Yuji Nagata as my best All Japan match this year. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I went notebook on this one as well. I thought it was just really good. Kento and Yuma are a fantastic team. Crowd love them. Um, And it's going to be really fun when they lose the titles and then fight each other. So yeah, yeah, this was just fun, a really good main event. And I would say overall, like a really entertaining show Mm -hmm. as well.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree on that as well. Like, you had the great main event there. Uh, you had the junior title match, and I think you had, like, a bunch of, like, other, like, fun stuff on here. And again, it, it was another, like, breezy watch as well. Mm. I don't think anything overstate is welcome here either. Obviously, like, as you said, like, your mileage may vary in the all age Tag Team title match, but, yeah. Uh, again, I think, and, like I said, like, the number was really good as well that they drew here. So, again, another success for all Japan. And then let's go to the final show. Uh, from the all japan summer action series 2023 uh happening just yesterday on the 6th of august 2023 from makuhari mesa international exhibition hall number no. seven 1038 fans which again is comparable what to what uh, new japan like it's less than what new japan drew in the same building but it's not far off from what new japan drew there uh also for uh, Fantastica Mania and Best of the Super Juniors. Uh, so I think anytime you are like within striking distance of New Japan, I think that's a success. So Ooh. yeah, good job uh, by All Japan uh, on this number here. Uh, the setup looked a little weird and I think they mic the crowd a bit badly. But again, I think you can't really argue with the numbers that they've drawn.
0: Yeah, like, it it was an enormous-looking building. Um, So, obviously, it kind of... The crowd were very, very spaced out. Um, Mm. It reminded me, in a way, of the Big Japan show at the Budokan in May when Oki beat Okubayashi for the Big Big Japan Strong title. Mm. And they're doing, like, a chop exchange on the outside. And there's such an enormous gap (laughs) between the ring and the first (laughs) row of fans. Like, Okabayashi actually chops him and Ayaki goes tumbling around the floor. And he's basically got enough room to do, like, an Olympic gymnastics routine. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that, where everything seemed, like, miles away from the ring. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it was a good number. Uh, it was a really good crowd as well. So um, they love this stuff. And, yeah, this was obviously a much longer and deeper card than uh, kind of the last two we've discussed, you know. Mm-hmm. 10 matches a lot of external kind of people coming Mm -hmm. in with you know a lot of the two aw guys um and some of the women as well coming in so yeah it's a good number um and a good show as well i've not seen all of it but i've caught up on uh caught up on certainly the the back half of the show so um some good stuff and obviously we've got the the royal road announcement as well Mm -hmm. so
1: Okay, so uh, let's quickly run through the undercard then. So in the opener, Naruki Doi defeats Ryo Inoue in 9 minutes 58 seconds with a Bakatari sliding kick. So yeah, this was a really, really good opener as well. Um, I mean, we just gushed about like Ryo Inoue's potential, and I think Toy is still a really, really good worker as well. And so I think these two had like a fun, like back and forth match. And again, not surprised that Toy gets the win here. Again. In a way, still really young and really early in his career, so I think can easily still take losses like this, especially if it is to like a guy the level of Naruki Doi.
2: <laughs>
1: then uh, in the second match, Dan Tamara, Ryo uh, Kavamura, and Takuro Niki defeat Renayabe, Ayla Blanc, and uh, Chicharito Shoki uh, when Nikki pins Shoki after a mad splash. Yep, six man tag match, perfectly acceptable action really again, nothing to write home about uh did like though so, like Isla Blanc like showed like some frustration to being on the losing side again so going to be interesting if they're like that's like something they develop like a bit further or maybe we see like some like sort of like change in his in-ring style or something like that but mm. he's definitely like it seems like that they're wanting to do something here with him. And yeah
0: definitely it's interesting because he on the next show which is the kind of the, the last one before the the Royal Road. Mm-hmm. He's teaming with Rising Hayato against Naruki Doi and Naoki Tanazaki, mm-hmm. um, which you think he might win. That might be his first win, given where Hayato's going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, on the first night of the Royal Road, he's in a three-way uh, teaming with Black Menso Ray against Jun Saito and Kono, and also against Mazada and Kaichi Sato. Oh, God. <laughs> so he might get his first win, yeah. but then he's definitely definitely going to lose. Yes. What could well be an incredibly ugly match.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm really curious how that one's going to go because that's a lot of very contrasting styles.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people that suck. So. <laughs>
1: okay, and then and the next one. Uh, in an All Japan versus a 2AW match, Kengo Mashimo defeats Hokuto Amori in 11 minutes and 33 seconds uh, after referee stop uh, when uh, Kengo Mashimo had Hokuto Amori in Dimudo. Um, yeah, I'm happy to like see Kengo in All Japan again. I mean, he really was like a very regular guy like a few years ago and then he kind of like dropped a bit off the map, essentially. Um, mm. Yeah, I think he's still... Pretty decent. His theme is still something. Uh, I think I once described it on Music of the Mat as a cat getting tortured to death on a Casio keyboard. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but he's a good wrestler, and I think he did well here with Okoto. Not an amazing match by any by any stretch of the imagination, but solid. Then in, he lost in yeah.
0: the he lost in the Fire Festival final, didn't he? Uh, Kengo. Yeah, this year.
1: I think, I think he, did, he did. Yeah, no, is the fire festival already over? Yeah. I must have missed that
0: one then. Oh, it's not aired yet. Okay, that's why.
2: Yeah. So he he
0: he was in the final against Junior Matsunaga. Um, but the final's not airing on Samurai TV until August the twelfth. So. <laughs> it took place on the 29th, so that was why, it was in my head, but. Yeah, it's not airing for two weeks.
1: So yeah. anyway. Yep. Yeah. Five hundred and thirty eight fans Oof. Um Yeah. Uh, so then next one. All Japan vs. New Japan. Satoshi Kojima defeats Takao Mori in ten minutes and eleven seconds with a Lariat. Um yeah, I mean Takao Mori has kind of slowed down a lot. Um Kujima's still really good, but wasn't really much to this match to be honest. Umori got like a little bit of like shine in this match, but not a lot. And it was just kind of a way to like give Kojima a match on like a relatively big show, especially since he since he is going to be in a Royal Road and I think he will be having a pretty prominent role there. So, yeah. That was that. Yeah,
0: I, felt, I felt like with this, that they'd wrestled each other in singles matches several times this year. Yeah. I was like, I feel like they definitely wrestled each other in the singles match at least t- twice before this year. And uh, I then looked on Cage Match and I'd completely Mandela affected it because <laughs> the last time they wrestled each other one on one was 2004. Yeah, yeah uh, a while ago. <laughs> in, the fi- in the Zero One Fire Festival. And earlier in the year, they'd gone to a time limit draw in the Champion Carnival. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so, no. So, <laughs> no, they haven't wrestled before this year, Andrew. Uh, but obviously, yeah, Peck Daddy getting the win, which obviously mm-hmm. is what we like to see. Yes. So.
1: Uh, so then they did a bunch of announcements after this match. We're not going to go through, like, all of them because the show is already long enough as it is, and we're going to talk about all of that stuff as well when it is actually, like, because they announced a lot of stuff that is also really far into the future. So, uh, Ooh. but I think really, like, the, the ones that were, like, of note were Eruption, uh, challenging for the older Japan TV six-man titles which that already before it has even happened is like instantly the best match for that title ever. Uh, so I think that actually has a chance to be good. Um, and then also uh, of note is that Unagi Sayaka uh, came to the match and she called out Kairi, who came to the match. And uh, she is also going to be having a match in All Japan as well. Um, interesting, because there's also really strong rumors that she is going back to WWE. So we'll see if this is actually like something maybe where she comes in a bit more regularly or if this is just her basically doing a bit more like inter- like fun stuff basically for her before she goes back to retirement.
0: Yeah, well, the thing was, I was confused about this because she announced earlier that she's taken a leave of absence. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay i don't know i don't know whether that she's taking a break from wrestling and then she's going to retire or she's taking a break and then she's going to do more stuff for stardom or, or whatever but yeah i mean her coming into all japan is pretty cool for, for mm-hmm. one of the shows at yoyogi um i know millie mckenzie's working a, a show for for new uh for all japan mm-hmm. a few days before that as well so um yeah, I'm still am not entirely sure where the integration with the women's stuff is going um, in terms of like a title or a direction or something. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's still, you know, a novelty and it kind of changes the pace of the show and stuff. Um, Yeah, I guess the other major announcement was Hiromu coming to all Japan.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, just real quick on the women's division as well. Like, yeah, I also don't really feel, see, like if there's like a big, direction here. But I have to say that they've done a better job of it than Noah has. And I think it's also better than the glee Women's Division. Mm. So, I mean, at least they've had, like, some, a few, like, storylines of, like, Suwama and Dunagi and that kind of stuff. So, at least, they, like, I feel like they've actually tried, like, a bit harder than the other promotions have, that have tried this. Yeah. Okay, uh, and then... Speaking about that, uh, in a special six-man tag match, Shuji Ishikawa and uh, Team 200kg, <laughs> Chihiro Hashimoto and you defeat uh, Taishi Takizawa, Maya Yukihi, and Ayame Sasamura in 11 minutes, 15 seconds, when you uh, pin Sasamura after a last right. Uh, yeah, I thought this was really fun. Uh, I think I think Ishikawa and, like, to uh, hero and you I think they make a really fun like six six meta team. <laughs> like in terms of like having like an intergeneraity team I think they work about as well as you can and actually okay now that I actually think about it what are actually the chances that like eruption like win the titles and then we get eruption and like this team going for the titles now that is instantly going to be the best match for that title <laughs> so yeah now if now if kind of now. I'm, I think I'm talking myself into a shoot, but you know what? Like, I, I really hope that happens because I think that actually would be something really fun to do, and you actually like have a title and like something like to sink your teeth there with the women's division. Mm. So yeah, no, but I thought this match was good.
0: Yeah, I I haven't. Seen oh, yeah. It, oh yeah, oh yeah, right, you have so. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. But
0: yeah, I mean, I think I think kind of the tag stuff is is where Shuji's at best now, given his physical limitations. Um. But, yeah, I mean, the the women's stuff with All Japan has felt far better integrated. Mm. You know, the, the Noah stuff, it's been like, here's a women's match on, like, you know, their biggest show of the month. But then on the road shows, um, the smaller ones, there's no women's mm. stuff on there. And then you get to the bigger one, and it's like, here's a tag team match with, you know, Hibiscus me and Jazzy Yang, and it's like, <laughs> great like what are we doing um yeah and look i don't know that a title belt is the answer um i I feel like some kind of steer on what the project is supposed to be would Mm -hmm. would be good but certainly within all japan they felt far better integrated and i guess that's the main thing when it feels like it's a tag on or you feel like you have to Mm -hmm. um it doesn't really work whereas you know with the all japan stuff like unagi and you know, the, the women who've come over from colours and stuff, it's felt a lot more seamless. Um, so yeah. I mean, that would be cool. Uh, yeah, again, if they want to make the six six person titles feel different, uh yeah. Shuji Shikawa and, and you being involved in that would be quite fun. So yeah. I'm 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 all aboard that train for sure.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then uh in the Makuhari Mesa is on fire. <laughs> Tornado bunkhouse megaton current blast death match. Atsushi Onida, Hikaru Sato, and Miss Mongol defeat Unagi Sayaka, Saki, and Yoshitatsu in 12 minutes and 30 seconds when Sato pinned Yoshitatsu after a double current explosion bad hit. Yeah, I mean, basically it was the same match as, like, the <laughs> Osaka show, just as a six-man match. Yeah, I don't know. I've, yeah, I have, <laughs> like I said, I, I've generally been, like, more someone that, like, likes these, like, current best statements but there wasn't really like anything to this yeah
0: just (laughs) meh (laughs) yeah i that was where i turned on the video file Mm -hmm. as it was like a big bang and i was like oh no (laughs) and then i'm like desperately trying to fast forward to like yuji nagata walk into the ring and i'm like here we go now i'm in (laughs) now (laughs) i'm I'm in in. okay and
1: then Speaking of, Yuji Nagata and Ryuki Honda defeat Jun Saito and Ray Saito in 12 minutes and 40 seconds when uh, Honda pinned Jun after hitting him with the final event. And, yeah, I thought this was another, like, good way to build up uh, Honda and Nagata for a tag title Mm -hmm. challenge. Uh, Also, just impressive, like, power stuff from Honda. I mean, getting Jun up for that final event. (laughs) Like, that takes some real power. Like, that's a big dude. So, I yeah. thought that was a really good choice for, like, the finish. Because he easily could have just had, like, Nagata, like, submit one of the side But, I think this like, Ports over Honda in a really good way.
0: Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, it was nice. And it, it sort of felt like a number one contenders match without yeah. officially being one. I know we had one later in the show, but this kind of felt like a, an unofficial, um, one of those. And yeah, As I said, this this Nagata and Honda team, I think there's something there and I'm keen on it. So, uh, yeah. I genuinely want them to win the titles now. I'm like convinced that that is the direction that I want to go in.
1: Yeah. No, no. I I thought it would be a good team to like put the titles on. Because that way you can also kind of like split them as well and you don't have to have like Yuma work like double shots and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. It's probably like good for like. You must like long term help as well. And give Honda something to do. Uh, yeah, so then in the next match, All Japan vs 2AW, Kentomi Ahara defeats Ayato Yoshida, 16 minutes and 1 second, with a shutdown suplex hold. <clears throat> yeah, I thought this was really good, and it just made me like. like, They should just poach Ayato Yoshida, it's just such a waste for him to just still be stuck in 2AW. I mean, obviously, at this point, it has to be his own choice, right?
0: because yeah, like, he's still, he's still not, there. He's he not 2AW champion yes. anymore. No. He's not 2AW champion anymore because he lost that to Kohei Sato yeah. last month. So yeah. in theory, there is no reason that he couldn't be more of an All Japan regular. Um, I thought this was great. I, mm-hmm. Like genuinely, really, really good. Kento's obviously always brilliant. Mm-hmm. But Yoshida was presented as his equal. Um. So this kind of felt like a big time main event style match, um, but obviously compressed into a far short period. Um, but yeah, Yoshida felt like a big deal. Some really, really fun exchanges towards the end. And then yeah, Kento got the win. So shade under, shade under four stars with me, but this was great. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had the same thought process watching it where from the moment he made his entrance and he's like shit talking a kid in the crowd, I was like, why isn't Yoshida in there full time? Yeah. Like, he is clearly wasted. Look, I watched 2AW in the pandemic because it was literally the only thing available, but I don't understand. Like, he's, talent-wise, he should be doing something more. So, as you say, mm-hmm. it's probably his choice, but you would think All Japan... He can't be on big, big money, so yeah. you would have thought they'd have the cash to be able like, yeah... And yeah. I mean, it's
1: also not like, like all Japan runs like a schedule, Where like, I don't know, maybe if he has like a job that he likes and he really just wants to do this as like a side thing. It's not like all Japan runs a schedule that wouldn't allow him to just...
0: No, they're mostly weekend shows. So there'd be no reason why they couldn't do that. So
1: yeah. It just feels like such a waste of talent for him to just be there like all the time. It's not even that he has to, like, give up wrestling for 2AW. Like, he could just always do, like, a dual thing, like you do with, like, Rising Higher, Yeah, He exactly. technically still has a dual contract as well. Yeah. So, yeah, bizarre. Uh, one thing I need to say, though, is his theme really doesn't fit his new look. Like, it really fit his old look. Mm. I don't think it fits his new look at all.
0: Like, no, the new said, like, look's, uh, like, proper, like, edgy emo. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't really work, but...
1: No, and then he has this look, triumphant ace music, and I'm like, it really doesn't work.
0: Yeah, you look like a shit peg, so yeah. it doesn't really... <laughs> but, look, work on one thing at a time.
1: Yeah. And, uh...
0: You know what? Maybe
1: yeah. don't give him a new theme, theme now on 2AW. Like, give him a new theme when he goes to All Japan. You know?
0: Like, they can, yeah. they can give Just him Just get old theme. ATM. Yeah. Get him to, uh, start printing off them notes. Call I mean,
1: All Japan has been really good about giving people themes. Like... You've generally been nailing that stuff. Yeah. Okay.
0: It's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one's a patch on uh, on uh, Kento. But look, no. there's a lot of good stuff in there. And yeah, bring him in. Make mm-hmm. him a regular. Definitely.
1: Okay, and then uh, for the All Japan World Junior Heavyweight Title number one contendership match, Rising Hayato defeats Atsuki Oyagi in 50 minutes and 40 seconds with the Sid Vicious. Yeah, this was great. This was this was this was awesome. This was also perfectly the right decision. Like I was actually kind of afraid that they were just gonna go back to like Atsky versus Lindemann, Which <laughs> really would have felt like a waste. Like I like Atsky, but like this is rising high at this time. Like I think he should beat Lindemann. I think he should become the champion. And yeah, I, I but I think these two have had better matches, but still with this was still pretty great as well. Like I think I'm borderline four stars. I didn't quite get there for me, but yeah just great stuff and these two just have amazing chemistry
0: yeah i went i went four stars on this mm-hmm. and genuinely i think what took me there was uh i've been so sick and tired of wrestlers hitting a move that never wins them a match <laughs> and then doing the full shock and awe face when they get a near full um and it's definitely like a a WWE thing that's just kind of cottoned on everywhere else. And I hate it. Like, I hate it so much because it's like, that's literally never won you a match before, so why are you shocked? Whereas here, Hayato did it once, and it was when he hit the kind of sit-down pile driver, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: he then rolled through and hit another one, And then Atsuki kicked out. And you're like, look, I would be shocked if he kicked out because that should be, like, he should be dead after two of them. Yeah. Um, And then he had the, like, look on his face like, oh, my God, I literally just can't beat this guy, especially because he'd never beaten Atsuki in a one-on-one match before. So it kind of played into the story of that maybe Atsuki just is better than Rising Hayato. And then, yeah, eventually puts him away with Sid Vicious. He's put it all together now, Hayato. Like, it took a while, but he is all the way there now. Um, I don't think he's going to replace Atsuki as the ace of the junior division, but he is all the way there now as definitely a 1B to Atsuki's 1A, in my opinion. And yeah, I think that Yoyogi show, uh, start of September, um, he's obviously facing Hiromu uh, in Nagaoka, but yeah. I think that Yogi show, I think he's got to beat Linderman for the title, really. Um, because, yeah, I mean, the Atski route would have been, Atsuki loses the title to an outsider. He finds his mojo again, beats the outsider, loses Him, to a yeah, new outsider, yeah. and then they do it. <laughs> yeah. Whereas really this is rude. a chance to do something else. Yeah. And then if you want to put Atski in there, you know, or, sorry, Rising to and there. look, if they're going to do a junior battle of glory... um. You can build a load of fun stuff out of that, mm-hmm. you know. Whether that's with an Ana Leblanc or um, someone else, you've got fresh matchups to do. So, um, yeah, big fan. Really, really good match, and I'm looking forward to Hayato against Lindeman. So, mm-hmm. thumbs up all round. Yeah,
1: I think I think it was when I was on the Super J Cast and we're talking about all together again. Where I think my comparison there was, and I know it's a lofty comparison, but it's basically Like it feels like. What New Japan had with, like, Okada and Naito. Where, like, Atsuki mm. is the Okada and Rising Hayato is the Naito. Where, like, Atsuki is clearly, like, the ace at the top guy. Like, the the big top guy. But, like, Rising Hayato is, like, literally just, like, one or maybe just a half step behind him as, like, the next guy up, essentially.
0: And the women, like, absolutely love him. Yes.
1: I wouldn't be sure. Like, I don't know how much merch he has. And, but, like... I wouldn't be shocked if it just, like, gets, like, ripped out of their hands, essentially.
2: Yeah,
0: they they go wild. Every time he comes out, it's like, oh, my God.
1: Yeah, I, that's actually one and of see, the things I... Th- I,
0: think, I think he looks like... I don't know. I think everything, the look, the makeup, the weird tartan, like, skater boy look. To me, I'm like, you look like a dog. <laughs> yes. But the women love it. And look, it's an upgrade on Atsuki's pink hair, so... Mm-hmm.
1: And also um, uh, because his ring style also, like, improved a lot. And he's still, like, laying it in as well. Like, yes, he is mm. the pretty boy, but it's not, like, that results in him, like, working softer. Like, if anything, he works harder, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan.
1: No, he's great. Uh, That's actually one of the things I'm looking forward to the most when going to Japan is just seeing what, like, the merch lines look like at, like, the old Japan show and who has, like, the long, like, autograph lines and all of that.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: But, yeah. Uh, so let's go to the main event. Triple crown. Yuma Eoyagi defeats Suwama in 22 minutes and 27 seconds with The Fool for a second defense. Uh, yeah, this was, this was great. Uh, I went four and a quarter on this. Uh, yeah, it's just tremendous, tremendous match. Uh, I, I bet on some of those near-falls. Uh, I because I, I was like, Oh my god, are they actually are they actually gonna have him lose to Obama here? I was <laughs> dreading it and I was like, Oh god. I, I've been praising them so much and they've been doing so well and then they just like fall back into old like bad habits, but no, they did not. In fact, uh Yumayagi gets another win under his belt and he puts away Subama. Um this felt like either this is like the last triple crown challenge for Suwama but it definitely is one of the last because I think that's also mm. kind of the feeling I got from like the uh, the video package they gave him before the before the match as well because it felt very like mm. nostalgic basically Um, but yeah no I, I thought like Suwama really like he really stepped up like he kind of like this was one of those times where he turned the back the clock a bit and just mm. like he kind of mauled Yuma Aoyagi here a bit as well but I think it's not like Yuma looked weak though like I think he just made a really good like champion defense like coming back from underneath against just this like yeah like i said like this mauling bear basically where he like managed to survive him and then yeah. definitively put him away because it's not like he didn't pin him with like a banana peel or whatever he got like a proper like good like closing stretch to like put him away definitively and like get another like really good win on that spell for this title
0: yeah no, I thought I thought this was brilliant. I went four and a quarter as well. Um, Suama, yeah, this is a Suama we haven't seen in quite a while. Like the whole match, he was so good. Uh, the video package, the the clip of him on the motorbike, <laughs> that uh, that absolutely killed me. Just because the handlebars were so high, his like hands were like above his head. And I was like, that doesn't look like a comfortable way to ride a bike. Oh, have you have you not seen this motorcycle before? Uh, I've not seen it in a while. I was just like, it just I don't know. It made me laugh tremendously. Um, And then he's like laughing and joking about you know all the old times and stuff. Um, Yeah, he was brilliant. Like he was so good here. Where like the first ten minutes, he's just like beating the shit out of humor, and then. Yuma like battles back and he's kind of got the speed advantage and kind of they get back on a level playing field and then he's able to put them away and it did feel definitive and it kind of felt like he had put away the previous generation. Yeah. That was the, the chapter was closed. Um, So yeah, it felt significant. It felt important. I was delighted they didn't pivot back to (laughs) Suwama. But yeah, like it was just a really, really good match. Really well worked. Exactly what that match should have been. And Suwama had his working boots on and he was brilliant. Um, Obviously, he can't do that all the time. And I I think he probably has another couple of title challenges in him, but they're very much going to be, you know, putting someone over, you know. It's not, you know, it's going to be to put Yu Miranda over. It's going to be to, um, maybe to help Shitaro Hashino if if he kind of gets back to that point. But it's not going to be. I can't see them doing him against Kento again, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I, it's hard to see unless there was some kind of disaster, a reality where he's champion again. Um, so if that means he's a tag guy then that's absolutely fine because he's clearly still got it in him. Um, Yeah. And he did the job here and he was, he was brilliant and yeah, Yuma proved that he belongs at this level, Um, which the, the Amori match didn't because it was a very different kind of match, Mm -hmm. which this was one where it was like, you need to be top banana. And he was so, um, yeah, great, fantastic stuff and, and sets them up really well for the, the Royal road now, which obviously will, to tee up his next challenger
1: and i think it also really helped that he draw like f- drew like three really good houses back to back to back like i think that mm. just really like just increases that the, the like trust all japan has in his trajectory going forward
0: oh yeah 100 percent.
1: because who knows like what if these three houses would have been bad like maybe they take the title over from here
0: yeah yeah and i mean look i i don't know that he's gonna hold it for that much longer um, because of the way I think they're gonna book, yeah. but he certainly proved that he belongs and he can draw as champion, which yeah. is important for going forward because they need him to be oh able God, to. Because yeah. if he can't, they're stuffed. So, <laughs> well, they're stuffed until Anzai's ready. Yeah, so we're just going to be a while. Exactly. So yeah, well done to the fool. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and then let's quickly, because they announced the Royal Road participants. Uh, so let's quickly go over that and, uh, uh, and the first round matches, and maybe like our thoughts who we think is going to be the overall winner. Um, so the participants and the first round matches, I think I'm just going to roll it into one because we're closing in on three hours now. Um, <laughs> so uh, the first round matches for the Royal Road 2023 are Dan Tamara versus Kotaro Suzuki, Shuji Ishikawa vs. Ren Ayabe, Okuto Omori versus Takuya Nomura, Satoshi Kojima vs. Rei Saito, Jun Saito vs. Hayato Tamura, Tsuwama vs. Fuminori Abe, Kento Miyahara vs. Atsuki Eoyagi, and Yuma Eoyagi vs. Ryuki Honda. So, the first thing that I'm thinking when I'm looking at this is like, I think Honda's gonna upset Yuma. Ooh because I don't think you want to do Kento versus Yuma in the second round here like I think that's a match you're saving and again if Honda is challenging for the tag titles I think giving him an upset win over Yuma here makes a ton of sense um
0: yeah
1: and I feel like the I think there's two potential matches I see for the main for like the final of the show it's I think Kojima is going to come out of his side of the blo- of the mm-hmm. tournament. And then I'm thinking the other side is either going to be Kento or Suwama.
0: Okay. Yeah. So my only reservation is that Honda beat Yuma in the Champion Carnival. Mm-hmm. And the tag title match is scheduled for the night before. So that, well, on the opening night of the tournament, that's the tag title match. And then Yuma against Honda's the main event of second out of the tournament. So okay. I don't know. I guess Honda's not winning both. Like okay. He's going to win one, I guess. So I feel like they win the tag titles and then Yuma gets his win back the next night. Okay. Um, but that in theory, in my head, it's a Kojima-Miyahara final. Miyahara gets his win back from the Champion Carnival. Mm. Miyahara then beats Yuma for the title in Yoyogi on the 8th of Mm. September. And then I think on the New Year's Eve show, they do Miyahara-Nakajima, and Miyahara gets his win back.
1: I could see that. I don't think Miyahara versus Nakajima needs a title. Uh, I think... You can do that match with uh, without a title as well.
0: Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. part of me feels like they obviously want a big number for New Year's Eve. True. And Nakajima Miyahara would definitely give them that. Oh and yeah, they would, yeah. we'd be doing it in a bigger building in Yoyogi. So look, I'm not opposed to I've... that.
1: I'm not opposed to that. I will be there for that show. So yeah. if you <laughs> give me Kento versus Nakajima. For in a triple crown match, I'm not yeah. going to complain too much. They're uh, definitely running it back.
0: That. Well, the, the only alternative I could see would be Kojima maybe winning. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Japanese carnival. Aoyagi beats Kojima in Yoyogi and then Ashino comes back from his broken mm-hmm. arm, and it's maybe the New Year's Eve show or, or before. Yep is Aoyagi Ashino and then Miyahara Nakajima underneath oh, or mm-hmm. on top. You know, the, that's the kind of one-two punch. Um, so I think that's intriguing. Um, obviously, I mentioned before about Hayato Tomura and June Saito. That felt like a very deliberate booking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also imagine at least one of the astronauts has to win. So I'm assuming Takuya Nomura beats Amori? Yeah, I think um, safe. I guess the only and the other interesting thing is just that Shuji Ishikawa and Renayabe Abe have been teaming together basically all year. Um, and now they're facing each other in the first round. So <laughs> that was obviously a cool thing as well. Um, but yeah, I think this is a really fun little tournament. I think one it's of refreshing. The best fields,
1: one of the best fields they've had for the
0: tournament
2: mm, as well.
1: Yeah,
0: there's no duds in it mm. for sure. And I also think it's really refreshing that obviously like the N1, the G1, they're very long and like you definitely kind of hit the wall of fatigue, mm. uh, which is definitely where I'm at with the G1 at the moment. Whereas with this, it's literally four shows. Yeah. Like you're not going to get tired of it. It's four shows over the space of like eight days. Um, And there's a five-day gap between second round and then the the finals night so it's like you're not going to feel like oh my god I'm behind I can't keep up with it or whatever um it feels like it's going to be really a nice tight tournament all the matches I would imagine are going to be good at a bare minimum and yeah I think there's the chance for some of it to be to really really good and yeah I guess that's the main thing is just Miyahara Nakajima is definitely happening, happening again, the way the post-match went in their first match at One Night Dream. Yeah. So they're definitely running it back, and my assumption yeah. is they're running it back in all Japan on New Year's Eve. So it's basically just, do you position Kento for the title so that it's a title match, and Kento gets his win back defending the Triple Crown? Or do you let that run on its own and let Yuma continue this reign with the triple crown, and and basically pivot back to Ashino, and possibly where you would have been in May if he hadn't broken his arm. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really fun lineup, and even though it feels like there's an obvious kind of outcome, I think that it's still going to be intriguing to see the way that they go. Mm-hmm. So. And it also feels like there's really
2: like.
1: Because obviously, Subama has just gotten his Triple Crown match, right? Like, I don't think there's really like a wrong way to go here as well. No. So, like, I, I, and I think that's like really nice. Though. Like, there's many like different outcomes here, and I think all of them like are potentially good.
0: Well, other than a Saito v. Saito final, obviously that would. Yes, be Yes, but
1: like that, <laughs> I, I have very large doubt that's going to happen.
0: <laughs> I think if that did happen I'd never watch wrestling again. So
1: <laughs> I'm thinking what is like the least likely final here? I think the way the got block to be Saito the...
0: v Saito. There's no, I'm Saito Saito thinking
1: more like Abe versus Abe versus Ayabe.
0: Yeah, or like yeah Kataro Suzuki against Atsuki because then Atsuki would probably have to beat Kento and his brother and Suama. <laughs> and Su- <laughs>
1: the Yagi <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like every bit of his body's falling apart, and then there's like Kataro Suzuki's like, "Hello, he just I want my win back
1: now." Three nights yeah, he road. just wants his win back. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so I guess that would be funny as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think Ayabe against one of the yeah, against June Saito probably, but um, yeah. But I think th- I just think it's a fun little tournament. Um, yeah. For sure. And, yeah, obviously I know Kento won it last year, um, so I don't know if they want him to win it again. But, look, it's Kento. Like, yeah. if he wins and he wins the Triple Crown, I'm not going to complain because, obviously, it also ties into the kind of long-term story with him and Yuma and Yuma not really being able to to beat him. I know he beat him in the Champion Carnival, Um was last year uh, or am I wrong I might be wrong on that but um, I beat him this year oh, it was this year yeah um, in the opener the, yeah well, of course it was um, yeah so obviously I know that's their story so if you mean loses again I think that's an interesting way to continue the story because he's still been to the mountaintop it's not like he lost another title challenge um because I think that then means that the next time they do it he's definitely going to win. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I, I don't think there's a wrong way to go. Um and obviously it's just delighted to see the astronauts getting bookings for this because they're the best. So. Yeah. No, they rock.
1: Okay, so with that, uh let's wrap things up. So,
0: uh plug your things please. Uh, Andrew? <laughs> Uh, Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at am Sinclair 97 I'm not calling it X because I'm not a reprobate. (laughs) Uh, And you can read my work at voiceofwrestling.com. Obviously, previewed Block B of the N1 uh, and also regular Impact Wrestling and MLW coverage. Uh, Although I've committed myself to that. I don't really know that I want to watch a Mance Warner, Matt Cardona kiss my foot match, but I probably will. (laughs) Uh and if I do, everybody needs to hear my takes. So yeah, that would be that'd be me, Voice of Wrestling, uh the occasional wrestling tweet, or you can find me in the Voice of Wrestling Discord. Mm-hmm. And
1: I'm also looking forward to meeting you in person later this month.
0: This is very true, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody congregating in the uh, uh East and North London for all in and, and Rev Pro. Uh can't wait to see Adam Cole, Bebe and uh MJF. But yeah, it should be it should be a lot of fun. It's going to be very cool to see so many people mm-hmm. kind of congregating in one place for one thing. And yeah, nice to meet you as well, good sir. After we've exchanged several hours of dulcet tones <laughs> about uh, Lance Anawai and uh, Gleet. So. Yeah, and yeah,
1: we'll be back. Um, we'll see. Uh, probably in two weeks, where we'll have a lot of N one and kind of the first. Well, most of the Uh, broil road probably is done by then already as well so um, yeah uh, we'll see when we record next at the very least uh, sometime uh, in two weeks so see you then do you like wrestling trivia then check out the five-star match game the pro wrestling quiz show i'm joe gagney in every episode i grill three contestants with five rounds of power-packed wrestling trivia we have over 30 evergreen episodes in the archives covering wwe aew japan mexico and much 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 more play along at home and check it out today